I'm I'm Tyler. I'm we're, Danny. We're yeah. back with another episode of we Fried are back. Whether you want it or not, we're back. Hey, we're back, and I'm having fun, and I hope our listeners are as well. I'm having a lot of fun, too. I'm really glad that we went through this movie. Yeah, likewise. Um, this is our our first high-budget film that we're covering. Oh, man. I'm sorry. You can tell, and uh, I was kind of excited for that, to be honest. I love all the movies we had already done. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I too. I mean, I'll rewatch... Uh, well, okay, Visitor Q might be hard to rewatch any day of the week. No, absolutely. The, the reason why is because that's a film that, like I said, it's not something you want to watch all the time. But the rest of them, yeah, you I'll can rewatch any day of the week. They're, they're great movies, great movies. But they all, I mean, and in some cases, were intentionally lacking in funding. This one, no, they went, they went full, we went all out. They well, wanted to all make out sure. for the time. Yeah. Well, it, it's a movie that came out in the 2000s, so they had a higher budget to work with, right. no doubt. And it shows. It's great. I like this movie a lot. I'm happy. I would say it's one of the visually stunning horror movies that I've watched. Outside of maybe like an Argento film, I would say this is one of the more visually stunning films in, right. that, in our genre. That, that gets me thinking for a second. This movie's one another one that's kind of on the cusp. It's not it's not full on a horror movie. It's kind of these you know suspense thriller. Yeah, it's not your traditional track them down sort of thing. That I mean, we've seen a ton of other movies like that. Absolutely, but yeah, I would definitely. definitely say with where this movie goes, with with the helplessness that the the characters are put into, with with Torture, the potential, like yeah, with the potential for. The, the torture and everything that could happen, I think it definitely moves into horror movie category. I would uh, I would agree. Even though it's not like said a slasher or something that has gore things like that, it's it's definitely on the outside coming in. And yeah, it's like you said, it's visually stunning. It's great. Uh, let's well yeah let's 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 uh, I, I would actually kind of like to catch people up because it's been what two weeks since we've done it right that's what I was a lot just going on uh, like I said since uh, since our last episode with Phantasm which was on Halloween uh, we're two weeks you know in the, in the future so to speak and uh, so with that being said we've got a new president right elect uh, which you know. What you know? However, you on feel, your views, yeah. you might consider this. Now we're living in a horror movie. I I would consider it like the part of the uh, the roller coaster ride where you're at the top, and you're about to go down. So you know, you know, hold on to your britches. We we got four years to ride this out. Right, but look, I I mean, we can hope. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think no, it'll be as no administration is completely bad. Yeah, there there's definitely going to be bad shit. That's Regardless, been, that's been signaled. I think, I mean, even our good presidents have had bad shit. I think we as a people, we're going to be able to pull through. Yeah, keep doing what we're doing. Uh, you know, kind of avoid all the distraction that can drown out stuff. But regardless, we have somebody new. I'm hopeful, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, whew. Yeah. That is that is a big thing that so happened. That, yeah, so that was just a few days. Episode, yeah, it was a, well, a week after we did our episode, and uh, another big thing uh, that's making a lot of ripples in uh, local news, national news. It's even gone over to the BBC. It's coming out of Ooh, my hometown. British. Yeah, the British are on top of it too. Uh, it's a story coming out of my hometown in South Carolina. Oh, I forgot you were mentioning this. Too. Yeah, this I kind of wanted to great. talk about it because it's, it's especially relevant. with our show. Yeah, I think yeah. this is very relevant. So, uh, so the story, uh, the story I'm, I'm referring to is uh, the story, and I, I hate to kind of use the person's name, but uh, there's a serial killer, a confessed serial killer, uh, that uh, out of South Carolina. 
so what happened, long, making a long story short, is a couple went missing uh, back in August. Okay. Family and friends, of course, were looking for them. We're getting desperate, and uh, they decided to get, of course, the uh, the sheriff's department in that county, which is in Anderson County, involved. And uh, when they did a ping on the phone to try to trace the girl's phone, they found it on a property in Woodruff, which is in Spartanburg County. That's the county I grew up in. All right. And uh, so they issued a, a search warrant, the sheriff's department did. Uh, and then when they got on the property, they found this big shipping container, and they heard you know, pounding on it, and it was coming from the girl that was missing back in August, she and her boyfriend. They found her chained up inside the container Damn, like a dog. Right. So from the top of the uh, the shipping container down around her neck. Okay. Kept her in a cage, actually, inside there. And, uh, you know, she told the, the sheriff's department, the detectives who found her, that her boyfriend had been shot three times in front of her. A couple of days later, they brought out... Um, you know, bobcats, things like that, ex- ex- excavators, and uh, found his corpse, found two other corpses, and they got a confession out of him uh, from a quadruple murder, the first in South Carolina, uh, back in 2003. So right now, he's got seven uh, bodies on his hands, wow. and that's, like I said, coming right out of my neck of the woods, not very far from where I grew up, so a little uh, close for comfort. Right. Uh, how how so- is that surprising to you at all with where you grew up? I, I know nothing of where I you wouldn't grew say like, I wouldn't say serial killing per se, but I mean there's a, it's it's called we we affectionately refer to it as Murderberg uh, <laughs> because it's it's a high crime rate, but it's to give our listeners an idea of that county inside the city limits are maybe forty fifty thousand residents, but as a county as a whole, there's closer to three hundred thousand people that live in the county, so you're going to have a whole lot of weirdness going on in the rural parts of the upstate so not that it's surprising per se but i think it's it's like uh it's shocking because it's so close to home but it's right. like i'm not necessarily like freaked out because you know we hear about this stuff all the time but i would i wouldn't really expect it to come out like in that area but then again it doesn't really surprise me i could see that yeah it's so still, I, I think back home fucked up man sometimes Sometimes it's just scary, man. I was super rural area, just yeah. a tiny town. Like my my county has a thousand people in it. Yeah, that's not very many at all, depending on the land mass of that area too. Yeah. Right, and it, uh, yeah, exactly, and that's spread out over like at least like a fifty mile stretch. Of yeah, land. we're talking about Montana as well. Yeah, so it would not surprise me at all if there was a serial killer lurking in there somewhere. It's a perfect there's setting just, for there's it. There's just some weird creepiness, but. There's no way they could get away with it because you would, you notice when somebody's suddenly missing. Like, yeah, in those areas, yeah, you you would know when when a single person of a thousand is missing. But that's and especially why, especially if it yeah. keeps going. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Some shit's going on, and it's, yeah, it's, it's no not... it's no coincidence. Um, no offense, but I would find it if I heard this story that I was telling, which is not you know it's it's fact. Um, I would expect it to come out of an area like this, out the northwest, somewhere where it's more tucked in, right? Where you can get away with that. Not like I said, not on the east coast in that area in the Carolinas. Um, like I said, I would expect it maybe like in New York or you know, not like I said, not to, not anything against that, but you have a lot more people. It's a lot more dense, mm-hmm. so your your chance of getting away with it would be higher, just because there's more people and you can't single out millions of people compared to maybe a thousand. Which, in a way, growing up in that environment where I sort of was like, it was 
it would get really dark when I'd be walking home at night. Yeah, and stuff. it gives so you the like, creeps. I go, I'd go see some of these scary movies in the theater, yeah. and then I, it was only like, you know, a third of a mile walk home or whatever. Yeah, but it's third mile and pitch black. Like exactly, it gets it gets so dark out here because you don't have that, that there, light there's pollution. There's hardly any light pollution. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was a couple. I lived in town. I would have been watching the you know the movie in town and stuff. We're talking in town, meaning like 200 people, 300 people. Yeah, small town people, USA. Most of them with their lights completely out. You know, only so many street lights within this entire town. So oh, yeah. things got dark. Real fast. Shit, shit scared me. <laughs> I can't blame you. I mean, uh, yeah, on a walk home in pitch black, uh, whether you're a kid, teenager, or adult, it still gives me the heebie-jeebies if it's dark outside. Even though I know there's... Nothing really to fear. Still kind of gave you the creeps just knowing that you can't control that environment. But still, I kept coming back to these movies. Yeah, I likewise. It's Including this one. I was trying to remember if I went and saw this one in theaters. Or not. I, I don't I believe I did. I remember. If I'm not mistaken, I believe I watched this with uh, my parents when we... Uh, I, I don't know if sure we had a DVD back then. Right. But I do remember watching it with my parents and some of my siblings. Yeah, I, I do remember for sure renting it from, from the local convenience store, but... Uh, I couldn't quite remember if I did go see it in theaters or not. Yeah, it came out, um, for me, it came out right after I graduated from high school. So I think during that time period, um, some of the stuff I was seeing in theaters are more like, what I, I guess what people consider lowbrow comedy. You know, right. uh, That was kind of more my style back then. And I would rent horror movies. That was kind of what I did. I found it more convenient that way. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, with all the weirdness going on, with, like I said, we've got a new president... Uh, my hometown's got a serial killer. Uh, you know, fun times. Fun times to be in. I won't call them end times because I'm having a good time. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's great. Yeah, I mean, gives us stuff to talk about, you know. But, uh, yeah, with that being said... Uh, You're going to have to keep us updated on the serial killer, too. Oh, no doubt. Actually, else, like... they had a 48-hour special uh, this past Saturday, which was uh, the 12th, I think it was the date. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, CBS aired it. I got to watch it. Kind of gave you uh, an idea about that guy and some of the crimes that were committed, things like that. Um, but you can easily uh, Google search that. All you have to type in is like South Carolina serial killer, and there it is. So um, I'll keep uh, everybody up to date. And uh, nice. I find it's more relevant because I've got friends I can talk to online, and they'll keep me up to date as well. They're like, hey, homie got killed last week. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, homie got slapped. Well, you know, <laughs> all jokes aside, uh, I do know some people firsthand. Uh, it's not like through acquaintances. I do know some people firsthand who have worked with this gentleman uh, in the bar scene back home. Oh, wow. Uh, and they knew him as Creepy Todd. And the reason why is um, back then he was uh, kind of a handsome guy, okay. more chiseled than he is now. He's kind of let himself go. Uh, very wealthy. He got himself in real estate, learned how to fly, um, I think, little planes, SSTs, things like that, Sentinels, um, maybe in, even helicopters. But long story short, he was well off, but he would creep other girls out because he would ask every single one of them out at the bar scene. It wasn't like he would pick one and ask them out. He was asking everybody out. So they hmm. felt like he was desperate, and they didn't really know why because they – they considered him to be a handsome guy, and he was wealthy, so why was he creeping on people? So, long story short, he's known as Creepy Todd back in the, uh, the bar wow. scene. And, uh, like, so one of my friends, she she worked with him at a bar, and he was an assistant manager there. So, it makes the details a little bit more, you know, interesting at that point. Wow, yeah, you're... 
It, if you hear anything more yeah. about the stories of Creepy I'll the saga some, some, of Creepy Todd. I'm not much in a gossip, but I find this one is a little bit more relevant to what we're doing. Then, yeah, definitely keep us updated yeah. on that. So, and yeah. speaking of serial killer, I think that's a great way we should just... Yeah, it kind of ties right back into this, this story. Actually, this movie. right before we tie into our first yeah. segment, which would normally be the guts and bolts, and I know that you just... I mean, it's not going to be hard for you to reformat no it. But as I was editing this week uh, on Phantasm and listening through the last few episodes as I've been editing... Uh, I want to propose switching the names of the bits around. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I have no problems with that. I, I felt like you would say this, but I still want to state my case for this. Okay. For In, in case any of you out there are absolutely there, dead There set, might be some objectors, and I'm, I'm okay with that as well. As I've been listening to it, really, I, I when we came up with the names, the Guts and Bolts was intended to be like highlight the directors, all the, the, the actors, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes without yeah. getting into it to sort of to show sort of show what makes it click and turn and keep that makes going. sense the cogwheels the pieces but we can't really get into it too much and we're 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 left having to just give you the vague impression we're trying to sell you on it for the most part when yeah. i listen through the, to them which is really how does that make you squeal makes and sense it, and it's when we also give our warning because not everybody's going to want to watch all of these horror movies i concur and with we that we try to give you that warning in advance that's that's our intention at least so that i mean so far i'd say the most controversial movie we've done would easily be visitor q without a doubt so like we tried to make sure like hey if this isn't your bag don't go into that yeah because that's not a treat that you want to watch no 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 if that's not if that yeah exactly if that's not your bag you don't want to be watching that heed our advice because um we're experienced at this and so I, i feel like that fits a little bit more into how does that make you squeal I like that yeah whereas then past that we dig into it let's go through it i don't think it was ever our intent to go through every scene the way that we do but it's kind of the way to make sure we don't miss anything either yeah because that really is the guts and bolts we're getting just elbow deep in there you know what that that makes sense because at that point we're kind of being a mechanic on this this car we want to make sure that all the details are there because it's easy to skip over stuff so I, I feel from here on out, maybe, well, yes. let's switch the names. And I just I like wanted, I wanted to throw that out live to the audience, to you, all at once. Hey. I'm down. Cool. That's so, our approval. With that, let's he- head into our first segment, How Does That Make You Squeal? Ooh. How Does That Make You Squeal? All right, so, as you mentioned, this movie came out in 2000. It did, yeah. It came out in August of, uh, August 18th of 2000. It was its release date in theaters. It's very noticeably our highest budget movie that we've covered yet. And you can tell by the presence, first off, motherfucking Jenny from the block. Ooh. Ooh wee. You know, I will say this. Um, during that time period, knowing that she was on In Living Color, stuff like that, she was a fly girl. She's still a fly girl. Oh, yeah. Um, she did uh, a movie with Woody Harrelson and uh, Wesley Snipes. She did Money Train. So I was already familiar with her before I even saw this movie. Anaconda. Yeah, Anaconda. Come on, man. Anaconda. Don't want none. Now, see, I also feel like she might be the reason, though, that a lot... I feel like this movie doesn't get brought up a lot, first off. It doesn't. And it's partially because of two people's presence in this movie. I think I know where you're going with this. Jennifer Lopez is the first one. And I'll guess the second one. I'm going to say Vinny Vaughn. Yes. Jennifer Lopez is the first one. Because we now live in a PG world. We do. And by PG, I mean post-Gili. 
which is a horrendous piece of shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, once she got past this film, some of the credits after it got really sloppy. They were your rom-coms is basically what they right. were. There's a reason we remember her for her music. Yeah, exactly. And not necessarily her acting career. But no. she had a good acting career. She's a very competent actress. She does a great job in this she movie. She is. Um, you got to give credit where credit's due, you know, regardless of how you feel about her. Um She's paid her dues. Like I said, she, uh, she's a great dancer, you know, for obvious reasons. Uh, she can hold her own in acting. She's not the greatest actress, a lead actress, whatnot, but she, she can hold her own, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she even, if I'm not mistaken, she did Selena. Uh, oh, yeah. Selena. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. So great she's movie. got chops. I love Anaconda. It's yeah. a terrible movie. I love but Anaconda. But it's, it's entertaining, man, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So with that being said I like I said she does I think she does a good job in this film it she it's not great but I think like I said she's competent and it's believable what she does exactly uh and then Vincent Von Vincent Vaughn's yeah. in this movie Vince so Vaughn. I think a lot probably a lot of people regardless if they if like if they watch horror movies or not probably more familiar with his uh comedy movies you know where he plays kind of the same character he he spouts off a couple lines like he does in those movies. In oh, yes. Yeah. Like, he does. You know, you, you can see where he gets it from. Uh, you know, but the thing for me, too, is like I grew up during the 90s. I was a little bit, little, a few years older than you. So I remember movies like Made and Swingers when they came out. So I was right. already familiar with him. Um, but like I said, in the past this film credit, he got more into, like I said, kind of your lowbrow comedies, you know. So I think that's where people. Right. Comedy, com- and Rightly so. I mean, the, his roles in those comedies have been fantastic. You know, I love so, dude, those movies. Yeah, I, I enjoy them. There's several of them I've enjoyed. But I think people, when but they try to watch him... in this movie. Yeah, he, he's a hard actor to sell on dramas and things that are more serious, just because of the, the roles he's played. And they give him the least interesting part in this movie. Yeah, I, I felt like it should have been a little bit more significant, but it was kind of like, yeah, okay, the, I understand it. The police procedural part of this movie... Is the most by the book. Oh, it is. Just hits every beat as you're going through it. I, I didn't even take notes on most of it because I was like, I just put little notes off yeah. to the side. Like it's this generic beat that you see in every movie. Yeah, whether like so whether they're to catch someone. Yeah, if you if you've seen serial killer movies like that, then you understand if you've seen how this movies goes. Where they're trying to catch anybody. Yeah, like you've yeah, seen exactly. his part, unfortunately, and he doesn't do a bad job. No, he like I said, he holds he holds his own. He, it's believable enough. Not bad. Then the other big main role. Oh that yeah, we need to definitely touch on Vincent D'Onofrio's in this, and uh, he's another actor that I was familiar with from you know previous movies, and one of the first ones I remember him being in. And uh, the reason why I remember it is because um, some of the parts of it actually took place in South Carolina. The movie I'm talking about is Full Metal Jacket. Uh, so oh, the right. Marine Corps, it's down in Paris Island, which was known back then for you know in South Carolina. So that's where the Marine Corps came through. Uh, another reason why I remember the movie is because uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character always got cursed out through training, basic training. And as like a kid, six, seven years old, watching this late at night on HBO... I found those the most funny because it was the most vulgar part of that movie was just oh, him yeah. getting dogged out. So I would stay up to watch that and laugh, my, you know, Jeez. get those stomach <laughs> right. laughs. Uh, so that's the reason why I remember him. But yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. See, I, I think I first love this started movie. knowing him because of this movie. Okay. And at this point, I just want, like, can we give this motherfucker, like, a Lifetime Achievement Award yeah, of some kind man, or something? Because he, he is an amazing scene. actor. He he does have 
In my opinion, he has the worst acting moment in this movie as well. <laughs> I, I might know what you're talking about. I might. But otherwise, he's fantastic in this. Yes, he's he fantastic is. in everything I've seen him. He plays uh, several um, personas of himself in this film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, do, he does a great job. He does a great job. Uh, other things he's been in lately, even just off the top of yeah. my head that he was great in, uh, as Kingpin in Daredevil, yep. he's amazing. Brings so much life um, to the character. I think probably a, a bigger budget film as well would be Men in Black. Men in Black? Oh, just fit. Yeah. suit. See, exactly. So Fantastic. Oh, he, he, I think right. he's somebody that you might not recognize his name, but if you saw his face, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember him from this film. Jurassic or, World? Yeah. He was fantastic dickwad. He's been in, uh, was it these Law & Order shows? Oh, things like yeah. that, too, so... And then I I even just caught the fa- uh, the Magnificent Seven remake, and okay. he's in that. And once again, he's he's magnificent, plays a completely different character. He he's a great actor. Always he gets is. just so much into the characters. He he devotes. He himself. really transforms himself. You know, most of these actors through throughout my notes, yeah. I I refer to them as their actor. Like it's Vince Vaughn, it's J Lo doing this. He's I, I did only, as well. He's the on only one where I ended up. Like, my first couple notes of him are Vincent D'Onofrio. And very early on, I'm like, Carl. Carl. Yeah. Carl. As my notes progress, I, I interchange it between four different personas. It's like, Carl, Young Carl, Monster oh, yeah. Carl, King Carl. <laughs> so, oh, I got King Carl, too. King Carl. De- except I went Demon Carl. Yeah, I can see that. I went Monster. It was, I guess, more... And Little Carl. Stereotype. Yeah. So... The, yeah, we're we're hitting on the same. Actually, notes, and right? I hit adolescent Carl. Too. I did. I put adult Carl. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean by that. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that there's there's several other actors. Maybe their parts weren't big, but they're well known. Uh, I'll give you an example: is Dean Norris, who was in Breaking Bad as Hank. So I mean, I didn't recognize back then because I didn't know his film credits up to that point. I know him from Breaking Bad, and then I saw this. I was like, oh shit, that's Dean Norris. Yeah. Well, the one awesome. that's the one that stood out to me. Because I used to watch a lot of Disney Channel. Okay, no, no, it's okay. Jake Thomas is in yeah, this. Yes, he is. And I even wrote notes down for this as well. And uh, He's little Carl, and yep. he is also the younger brother. Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> and I had a major crush on Hilary Duff when yeah, I was young. She is a cutie pie. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about that is I have some younger sisters, and uh, one of my sisters will probably get mad for me saying this, but uh, she like she loves Disney, and we we tease her about that. I mean, we grew up with Disney movies, stuff like that. I don't know any kid who didn't. But uh, she watched the show, and so did I think a few of my other younger sisters. Mm-hmm. But I recognized the kid when I was looking at his film credits. I was like, oh shit, I know where. <laughs> That's where I recognize <laughs> yeah. him from. Fucking yeah. Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, kid. and it's like I didn't really want to admit it to myself. I was like, yeah, that definitely him. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, that's yeah. So that's you, Thomas, yeah, you got was... him. That made me uh, happy. Another guy in this film, too, that I feel like he's in a lot of movies, but people might not know who he is, is uh, Dylan Baker. He played uh, West in the Dylan film. Dylan Baker's great. I yes, love he Dylan is. Baker. Um, he was in a movie recently that I like as a zombie movie called Fido. Uh, great movie. The, um, with. Uh, I can't remember all the actors in that. I'm a little fuzzy right now. But... With Billy Connolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because Billy Connolly's Fido. Exactly. That's exactly right. And what's her name? Trinity from The Matrix. Yes. Um, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a film I remember him from. Another film that's a really dark film that he's in, and uh, kind of like plugging it. It's a movie called Happiness. 
And I've heard of Happiness, but oh, I've still never man. seen it. He plays he plays the most fucked up part in that movie. Um, so I, without like so kind of getting too nerdy, he plays basically a pedophile in this movie, uh, Happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know him from that movie. No, from Fido. Um, he's been in several other movies. Uh, he was in Trick or Treat as well. Trick or Treat is amazing. Yeah. Well, we will end up covering that at some yes. point. Yes. So that gives uh, you a sneak peek that he's been in a lot of movies that are, you know, known, but you might not well, know him. And in Fido, he ends up being a dickhead, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, it's some of his film credits. That's another actor that's in this film. Um, another one that I wrote down, too, and the reason I wrote him down is because of the movie Major League. Uh, it was James Gammon. He played um, Teddy Lee, one of the detectives, in the very beginning of the right. movie. And I was like, oh, shit, that was the manager for Major League. I remember him. And he was also in uh, a Stephen King film, Silver Bullet, which, if you're not familiar with, if you like the like the Corys, has, uh, was it Corey Haim? Yep. Um, he's in it. Um, uh, Gary Busick is in it. <laughs> um, I can't remember the actor's oh, name right off the top of my head. He was in People Under the Stairs. He played, the, I guess, the brother that was keeping the girl and all the, you know, the people under the stairs in the film. He was in um, Silver Bullet. So okay. James Gammon, like I said, he, several movies I recognized him from. Didn't know he was in this movie until we watched it again. Yeah, I, you know, um, I didn't make notes about him, and I'm glad you brought him up because I was wondering where I'd seen him from. Yeah. And now that you said Major League, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then that brings it up, too, because we were talking about uh, The Dentist, uh, one of the... the first films and he played with uh, Corbin Burnson right in that so if you're familiar with Major League there goes a little connection right there uh, and then we have a great director who hasn't oh, yes. done all that much but no, the he stuff hasn't. he's done has been beautiful beautiful stuff uh, Tarsum Singh uh, hey, I believe just credited as Tarsum in this. Yeah, I, and I found that funny. Um, you know, because some people like to go by just a single name. Uh, but he does go by Tarsum, even though his full name's Tarsum Singh. Uh, I always think of him because uh, he directed The Immortals. Yeah, uh, that's not a good long one. after 300 came out, which were very visually uh, exactly. similar. It, wasn't a great, it was not a great film, but visually, like I said, it was, it was nice. It was and, pleasing. Yeah. Uh, and then this movie is what I always think of him for as well. If, if you and, haven't seen uh, another one, right before we go into, I know what you're going to say, uh, is another movie called The Fall, which I, I found, I worked at the library back home, so we got a lot of you know foreign films. Not mm-hmm. that The Fall is a foreign film per se, but I did rent it just just knowing that he did The Cell and uh, watched it. And that's another one. If you like visually stunning films, I would highly recommend it. It's it's a bit of a, um, it's a, bit of a, a sad story. So, you know, if somebody's chopping onions up in the hole, you might get a little tears mm-hmm. uh, just saying. But, yeah, that's a gorgeous film as well. And then the other thing we're going to get into with him is uh, I realized that I had been watching him for what feels like my entire life. Yeah, not even because knowing. Because he was the director of R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion. Yes, major, major um, video at that time. Because that was something I remember watching uh, probably when I was like 9 or 10 years old. Because it came out like like 91, I think I was, somewhere around that time. Uh, just remember, it's like one of those those videos you see in the song you remember, probably from that video, if, not, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I remember it would come on pop-up video all the time yeah. on VH1 and shit. Watch that movie, I mean, not that movie, that the video, video yeah. a thousand times, I swear. So, Easy. yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people, like I said, are familiar with him without knowing his name. You know, but yeah, it, it, I feel like anything he's touched uh, direct, direction-wise, just visually stunning, just beautiful. He knows what he's doing with colors and you know just aspects of film in general 
And then I guess, like we said, we, we do like to get in and give the little warning. So Yeah, I would say, um, you know, for this film, there is a little bit of violence in this film as far as uh, having a young kid actor involved. Uh, even though they don't really show him getting hit, but you know he's getting there's his ass not a lot of violence. No, but the violence that is shown, yeah, it's something that you kind of graphic at yeah, times. It can, it really can be. There's, there's definitely like a, a violence towards animals scene. Though, there are. Though, I don't feel like considering it's, the. I mean, it's not brutal. Like, I, it's not anything like that would make scene. me turn away. Yeah. But it's but, not something that would make me want to turn my eyes at because you know, for me, I find that that kind of stuff can it can cross lines. You know, if you're if you're not in that kind of stuff. Once it happens, it's obviously CG at that point yeah. too. Oh yeah, um, that's, that's I know the only way that they could make it happen. Exactly. So that might help some of you. That might not. Um, yeah, if you're a little squeamish at seeing uh, something involving animals and harm, I'd say you know you might not want to you might want to skip past that part. It's not going to ruin the whole movie, but you might want to skip past that part. And uh, I don't know. There, there's just definitely a little bit of disturbing imagery. There, there is, and disturbing sexual corpses, stuff like that. Yeah. So there's, there's some content that uh, I would say for you know maybe teenagers, kids that are young, you don't want them seeing this movie. Uh, but if you're comfortable watching mature content, it's just enough to earn its rating. Yeah, it, I feel it like doesn't that's get right. it doesn't get as bad as some of these these other films could have yeah. because this is still a major, major studio film. It is. And you, you, they can only push the boundary so much. And I don't feel like they even really pushed the envelope that far. No, because they did in most of the instances, they did try to keep it artsy. I'd say I there's, like there's right at least that. one instance where it's a little bit more violence. Yeah. But otherwise, it served this purpose for what it, what it what they were achieving, you know, but it is kind of just disturbing imagery all the all the same too. Yeah, so. like so if you're not comfortable with that, there's there's even some scenes that get a little psychedelic too. Mm-hmm. So if you don't really like that, I'd say you know maybe you want. Luckily, some of the course. psychedelic scenes haven't aged that well. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It kind of it kind of made me think. Okay, I, I know what time period this is coming out of. Right, I'm like, familiar mm, with it. I remember this exactly. This was awesome at the time. Well, yeah, you know it. <laughs> I'll put it this way. If you're nostalgic, then you're very familiar with what we're talking about with these But for the uh, most part, it still holds up. Especially because in the setting, it could just be considered stylized as well. I agree. I agree. And that's what gives it some of its merit, too, on the visually stunning aspect of it. Right. So there it is. There's your warning. And with that, let's just drop that and get elbow deep up into the guts and bolts. Get knuckle deep. Here we go. Guts and bolts. We're into it. It's the cell. It's the cell, man. And uh, like I said, this is something that we were just talking about. Is like this is one of those films, man. Where, like I said, it's a good story, uh, modest suspense. You know, like I said, visually stunning. So with that being said, uh, we'll just jump right into it. You know, if you're ready. Oh, and it opens up looking really pretty because you have uh, a black horse racing across a desert. Exactly. Big open blue sky. Gal, who we very quickly learn is J-Lo, it's in J-Lo. a stunning white feather dress yeah, really riding the dress. horse. Uh, I mean, it just it looks great. Like, yeah, so it starts off, uh, you know, with like with the movie credits, um, some kind of like Middle Eastern, maybe Arab music, uh, Moroccan music, something of that nature, maybe North African, uh, you know, opens the score. Like I said, you see J-Lo riding through the desert on this black stallion horse, and uh, then she like, I think she dismounts from it. She gets kind of off walks the up horse. a hill. 
uh, like she a turns dude. back, yeah, and, and the horse is turned into a statue, which was cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Turns into a statue. You're right. It looked really neat. Uh, exactly. Then she just sort of follows the ridges of the dunes for a bit. Yeah, and I think that, you see like a ref, like a re, maybe a reflecting light. Right, you start seeing like a shiny like exactly like yeah, kind of almost like a little spotlight. Yeah, exactly, signal light, some kind of a light reflection of some sort. Yeah, so it leads her to walking on this flat over the dune to a little boy. That's I guess he's leaning up against some kind of driftwood, maybe. You you mentioned the music, and I just wanted to point out like the the horns were just like or whatever they were. I guess man, it was like. I don't know. I I likened it to like I don't know, like demonic flies or something. Uh, yeah, like it, I can see that. It was just really nutters and crazy. Yeah, and it wasn't something that was um, like something that was kind of peaceful. It had a lot of almost an- like suspension in it, a little oh, bit of angst. very frantic. But yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, sets a tone for for what's you know what's to come in this film. But uh, yeah, it's like I said, she she walks up to a little kid like says. Looks like he's standing on a piece of driftwood is what I put down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, she starts uh, – well, he asks about the horse. He's like, you know, did you did you like the horse? She's like, you know, she liked the horse. Um, yeah, you, you but, find out he was responsible and you're yeah. like, okay. So. Okay, so this, you know, something something's going on a little bit here. Um, but she wasn't really interested in the horse. She was more interested in his promise about sailing. Uh, sailing, yeah. He had promised her apparently that they were going to go sailing that day. And um, – he kind of pouts and looks yeah. over. And, and then you see like a, an old ship, like a yeah, wrecked ship. Big busted dune. up ship. Yeah, she's like, that's not going to do. From what it appears, like maybe he's creating this with his mind is, he, you know, a little bit further off on this little flat. You see uh, a little sailboat and she's like, that's better. That, you know, that'll kind of do. You and know? he mentions it's broken. Yeah, it's broken. It, it doesn't work. Um, and the reason being is he brings up um, uh, the monkey luck. He says it's not going to sell today because of the monkey luck. Um, the monkey luck's the boogeyman. Yeah, he he specifically says monkey luck is the boogeyman, and it sounded like he had maybe like a South African accent. He had a little bit of a. It wasn't you know an English that we're familiar with, so to speak. I mean, you know what he was saying, but a little twang to it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so yeah, he he calls monkey luck the boogeyman. Um, we find out the boy's name is Edward at this point. Mm, she'll also refer to him as Mister yeah. E. Yeah, Mister uh, E. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good point. I, actually, I wrote mystery, but I think maybe I was hearing different things. But yeah, right. In Mr. E, it makes more sense. And like I said, he explains that they can't sell. He, I think he runs away at some point like that. I guess he gets frightened or whatever. She drops the sailboat, um, you know. And then I, I think it's because he, like, maybe, like I said, he's, he's upset or maybe he's turning into, like, a little creature or right. monster and demon. Right, he- does it like a shrieking demon yeah. face thing? It's kind of weird, I, but mm, <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. It does. It's like, it's like the first little jump scare moment of the movie. Yeah, this, I, this movie doesn't point. rely too much on jump scares. No, but, I, I don't. I don't uh, think so. The, yeah. There is a couple, especially concerning this kid. He he's kind of liable to, I guess, like snap at any moment, and he just exactly like um, like I said, he can he can switch forms at any given moment depending on his mood. Yeah, so it goes from that, and I think she like. Activate some kind of yeah. She pushes a uh, something in her thumb. Yeah, and yeah. you suddenly see that she's she's out suspended in a machine. Yeah, she's suspended by like some kind of thin wires. Uh, I wrote down that she's wearing a a Brom. If you're familiar with uh, Brom Stoker's Dracula, um, like that kind of armor that he was wearing 
Dracula. Oh, you're right. I was thinking. Oh, I, I didn't like, even think about that. It's like that looks just like that, but that's not his purpose in this film. But no, it's like it reminded me of that that suit that she's wearing. Uh, around the arms, it reminded me a lot of musculature, but in other yeah. parts, it didn't really follow that so much. Yeah, and, and that's a, I think it was more for the purpose of looking like the anatomy, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, just in a red suit. But yeah, we see that. Um, and when she's coming, I guess coming maybe out of this state that she's been in, they do a little nursery call rhyme. response. Yeah, it's a call response. It's like, uh, what is it? She says, uh, sing a song of sixpence. The gentleman, um, I think he replies, a pocket full of rye. Or maybe she does. Either way, it's like a nursery rhyme response that they're doing. And they go on one more line before the, the, the doctor enters the room. Exactly. And uh, she's doing the code to enter or something i don't yeah. know um, they, they made it sort of seem like it was dependent on it in a little way but it, it's it's not she's just putting yeah. in a code so exactly yeah so you know we're we're finding out that maybe she's been in some kind of experiment maybe you know yeah something's going on yeah so um yeah we, at this point the, the little kid we kind of find out that uh he's been in a coma and he wears the same suit that she's been i also want to point out that this is the first time you get to see dylan baker because oh, he's yeah, over behind the point. controls he is he is in like the, the control room of sorts in that little lab setting that they're in and uh he's the one who's doing the the call response uh, mm-hmm. With J Lo at this point, while she's wearing that suit, and um, I think you also see like this this little mask, uh, maybe cloth thing right. over their I faces. I thought it was so funny because they had the the little hook specifically for yeah. the mask <laughs> that that kept it all nice and spread out. Yeah, and stuff, you know, but... they were uniform. No, no puns intended, but they were they were uniform throughout. You know, give them credit there. And it would, they would just hang it on the hooks, and it would keep it nice and spread, and it would get lifted up independent from all the other little hooks. And yeah. I just thought it was really funny looking. But it makes sense, because you see that there is, like, circuitry on the mask. Yeah, that, you like, do. covers the eyes and stuff. Yeah, so, so it, it does serve a purpose. It's not there just because. But I just thought it looked funny. Yeah, um, it doesn't really fit the scheme, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, so uh, at this point, I wrote down that uh, the name of the research facility, apparently, or the lab, is called Campbell Center. Uh, so, like I said, we see West, uh, played by Dylan Baker, uh, and then I think, if I'm not mistaken, the parents uh, enter yeah. at this point. Dr. West. Dr. West. Yeah. Go figure, right? I was thinking that, too, when we were uh, watching this film. I was like, here's another West. Right. Uh, another bespectacled West. Hey, that's a good point. I, you know, it makes you wonder if all this stuff is through coincidence, because I'm starting to see a pattern here. Yeah, maybe... Maybe our tastes aren't as diverse as we thought. Maybe we're just seeking out the I same thing. I think this is our subconscious speaking to us, possibly. But, you know, somehow this is all connected. Yeah. First, the tall man and Montag should be teaming up. Yeah, exactly. Now we're getting, you know, like I said, Wests, two different Wests, all Dr. Right. West. <laughs> Go this figure. Is, yeah, this is great. Okay, anyway, yeah. So there's Dr. West. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, at, like I said, we, we meet the parents and uh, the father. Um, no, I guess he's been in more, you know, prominent film. I think his name is Patrick Bacow, but he plays the father of Edward, um, and then the mother as well. She's been in some other films, but uh, oh yeah, you have like a two minute scene with J Lo that's yeah. mostly exposition. Yeah, it is essentially. <laughs> uh, but but like so, we find out what the kid would be. The reason why the parents came in is uh, this kid's been in a coma. It looks like for about eighteen months, you know, yep. something like that. I'm not sure if they're like funding this or you know they they're prominent. You can tell that they're prominent, and um, the father's not happy because uh, there's no proof that anything's even. Yeah, happening. he even he even comments that he thinks that this might be just in her head. Like, how do you know you're not imagining this stuff? Which is another thing that 
yeah, you know, it seems like a theme throughout some of these movies is like, this is really going on. But right, and he's starting to talk about put, just putting the kid in the hospital, leaving him yeah. in this vegetative state or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a harsh reality. Like, I can give him credit to an extent because, you know, there is no tangible proof that any of this is working outside of what she's experiencing. But how do we know what she says is, you know, we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But anywho, yeah, like I said, that's what's going on. Uh, I guess... Baker kind of interrupts too. Our, our Doctor West, he's like, uh, he's like, you know, this we've been doing this stuff for seven years, and you're just gonna cut it out, you know. So he's trying to go to bat to, you know, they they don't want to just cut this out because it's research, you know. Let's give it a little bit of time. Um, and I believe at this point too, you see like J Lo on top of some stairs, like she's kind of like overhearing like herself getting dogged out. Oh, you know, or getting like doubted. Well, I think that pops in in. Uh, maybe you know, maybe it's a little bit afterward, but he does. I think he does. Yeah, that's a little bit her. afterwards because first, you don't get to hear all of the conversation. You can tell it's about to move on, oh, but we get bad. a cutaway and you get a big outdoor shot, and you see a truck coming along a dirt road. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I did get a little bit ahead of myself. The the dirt road, yeah. And you get cut in, and you see just this beautiful albino German Shepherd. You do. It's a beautiful dog. It's it's uh, it's riding the truck with with. I guess a guy at this point. Yeah. And it uh, looks like it might be like a, a one side could be a possible grove and the other side is like a wheat field. So some kind of uh, maybe agricultural center somewhere. And it pulls up to what looks like, I don't know, like some grain silos or something. Yeah, it could be water some towers, sort of, some yeah. kind of silo of some sort. So Yeah, something. It, it's housing something. It's, it's pumping something. Yeah, it's just like it, it's, it's maybe not big enough plot. to be a silo, I guess, yeah. looking back at it. but like it's, a, it's, it's something that's towering, but, you know, for whatever its purpose is, it's, it's familiar. But he gets out just wearing this just terrible pink shirt. <laughs> yeah. Horrible haircut. Just yeah, big old sunglasses. Yeah, it's like just, just I don't know. Some, like I said, kind of a tall, I don't know, muscular guy, but kind of goofy looking. Yeah. yeah. And he walks into one of the buildings. He does. Um, yeah, and like I said, he walks into the building, and then it, he kind of comes around the corner from that little hallway in, going into the building. And uh, this is the first time that we get to see what I would call the cell itself. But mm-hmm. we don't know that per se. It's just a, a tank with mm-hmm. water and a woman kind of floating at the top of it. It's kind of weird, you know? It's like, oh, shit, we're already, <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's something going on already, man. And she's just floating at the top of it. And yeah. then he's staring at her, looking at her for a few seconds. Yep. And then death spasms. Yeah, she has, like, these convulsions. Um, and he just he's just kind of watching it. And he walks over to, um, like, this little table. Well, he, ru- he rushes over to the table. Yeah, it has, like, like these monitors. Yeah, it has these monitors that is filming what's going on inside the tank. Yeah, and it looks like he's kind of, you know, beating it. You know, a little bit. Beat he, to the he's beat. He's kind of trying not to watch. No, he doesn't want to watch, but he knows right it's happening. Then. Yeah. But he saw the beginning of it, and it's like, oh shit! Like, oh, is instantly shit. reacting. Like, yeah, that's all he needed was a like, sign. That's that, my trigger. Oh, oh damn! Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, some people, um, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. Then it cuts back to the Campbell Center, and it they're is. walking out, and she's still getting dogged on the way. Yeah, out. she. This is where she's on top of those stairs uh, in that research facility, and uh, it looks like the like to the mother who's played by uh, Musetta Fander. Her name's Ella, and the father Lucian uh, mm-hmm. Baines. Um, which, like I said, we find out they're the parents. And, uh, yeah, Miriam Kent, who is played by um, Marianne Jean-Baptiste, she's having a conversation with him. So she's another uh, doctor, I guess, who's in on this research that's going on mm-hmm. with uh, the kid Edward. So she's going to bat for uh, for Catherine, and they find out that they get a six-month grant. Yeah, so they're they going to give him a reprieve. More. Yeah, they're like, okay, we're going to give you six months, boom. And this is when J-Lo's like, look, I want to flip the feed. Yeah. Instead of me going into his brain... 
I want him to come into mine. Exactly. Because there's too... I guess when you're going in somebody else's mind, there's too many unknown variables. So you have more control if, if you let somebody else into you. You can control that environment. And to me, that sounds perfectly reasonable. That's yeah. the one thing in this movie I didn't understand why they weren't just doing that from the get-go. Exactly. And she feels like maybe that's what's causing him to stay in that environment that he's been in. It's because he's you know he's familiar with it and he needs to you know get something else. He needs a change of scenery. Uh, I've yeah, that, I I guess that's the one, the the big problem I've always had with this movie is I don't understand why they hadn't already tried that at this point. <laughs> yeah, I you know I, that's a good point, but I feel like throughout the movie it kind of resolved itself on that matter. But that's a good point. It's like we really shouldn't be having to talk about this. You guys have had a year and a half to figure this out, and now you're just realizing it because you're about to get funded or your your funding cut. Yeah, yeah so. but you do find out also towards the end of the little conversation that J-Lo's been stressed out. She, she hasn't has. been sleeping. Sounds like she's been having nightmares, too, because yeah. she gets asked, you know, you still having nightmares. Uh, and this is uh, Dr. Kent who's asking her at this point, you know, because mm -hmm. it seems like she might be the person who's checking up on her. Maybe she's a physician of some sort, but she's definitely asking, you know, is she okay? Are you okay to do this? And then we see it cuts back out into the boonies. It does. Dude's... Well, you see, well, you see the chick getting loaded in the back of the truck. Yeah, um, and that's like I said, you see uh, the man who was played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Of course, we knew this, uh, but yeah, like I said, he's driving off speedily down that dirt road. So he's taken off after all that convulsion and him kind of getting his his jollies off of watch. Oh, not watching, but just knowing that she's going through those death stages. Yeah, and he's taking her, and they're off. Yeah, and they're and gone. Then they pop back to J Lo. J Lo. <laughs> J-Lo yeah. is relaxing after she's, a hard day of work where she's, she had to uh, defend her job. She is. Yeah, and, and this is what I like, too. Is like, okay. J-Lo is relaxing. If I didn't already like J-Lo, I was like, man, I would love to have been there at that moment because she was medicating herself. And lights up a big fat joint. I was like, J-Lo is getting down <laughs> with some of the doochies. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I even wrote my notes. In her underwear. A doobie. Yeah. She's got like a little, like a gentleman's button-up, little blue, light, you know, blue shirt. But you can see Total her Total fan service. Like, oh, man. Yeah, she was, uh, you know, I, whether she was doing it, which I think she probably was, because, you know, she's look, got the goods. This is 2000, so this is, what, height of J-Lo ass era? Yeah, exactly. So we end up getting, like, a shot, like, that just lingers for 30 seconds yeah. of her standing at the fridge just showing off her ass. Basically. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not mad. Uh, but there's, like, a little cat that comes up, and she's like, you know, hey, kitty, you know. Hey, you um, want some milk? Want some milk? And I was thinking to myself... You don't even know. <laughs> but I felt like, I, I even wrote down, like, you know, she's smoking this this doobie. She's just relaxing. She's had a rough day, you know. She's mm -hmm. she's jumping in people's minds and whatnot. About to get her funding cut. And she's relaxing. And she's getting the fucking munchies. And little kitty cat comes up. And that's what she drives on. You want some milk? I'm like, yeah, why not? And as soon as you hear want some milk, it cuts back to the oh. victim. You know, what I, what I wanted to point out, too, which I think maybe later on in the movie that's a little bit prominent... But uh, during the scene, like where said where she's she's smoking, chilling out, and all that stuff, you kind of see. Um, I think on like a, a wall that she has, she has like these little newspaper clippings, mm -hmm. and I think you know because I paused it a little bit. I was like, sometimes when you're watching a film, especially in the theaters, you don't have time to see what the heck all that stuff is. Right. So I wrote down, uh, or I paused it. And I wrote down that the newspaper clipping that was on her wall was about the kid, about Edward. So uh, apparently, he got in some kind of seal accident on this like seal beach. And uh, that's where we, where I found out, you know, like I said, because I had the time to pause mm -hmm. and all stuff, that he went in a coma, uh, just kind of out of nowhere on this beach with seals. 
Um, okay. So that was kind of a little newspaper clipping. And then she also had like um, this uh, this cool picture of um, the Kali goddess uh, with severed heads. Uh, it was like a little little playing card, like you know, like a baseball card or whatever. It's like, oh, oh wow. shit, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and like I said, that was in the scene. And then later on in the movie, we'll find out. And I, I'm just kind of realizing this too. She had a picture of a saint, a, a womanly saint. Right. Which oh no, it back. might have been like Gabriel or somebody uh, or Michael, Saint Michael, but it was a saint. That she had on that on that uh, that does come back. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and like I said, I'm kind of realizing this the more I get to watch it, just because I had the time to watch it and pause it. But I feel like those little nuggets, if you pay attention to it, gives you a little bit more insight of what really mm-hmm. going on. But yeah, she had little tokens about what was going on. So, but yeah, uh, it does go back. Um, Want some milk? Yeah, exactly. And it cuts over to the victim. Yeah, it has a woman in like a milky tub. It looks like kind of. Her face Pop pops it. it out. Yep, popping up out. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's kind of... That's fucking weird, man. What the hell? Yeah, and then also, like... And uh, she... I mean, at this point, it's, she's been bleached out. Like, yeah, she's that, totally... Definitely. Like, yeah, we can tell, milk. like... No, it's, no, no, it's definitely not milk. Uh, but yeah, like, her whole skin, everything's just pale, like, almost a porcelain color, so to speak. And Denofria pops her up onto a metal table and yeah. starts washing her or rinsing her off. Yeah, there's like some kind of shower heads are mm-hmm. coming down. He's rinsing her off or whatever. Could be bleach, what have you. Um, yeah, so we see that. Um, I noticed too, like you said, he's um, he's kind of like like a lot of like I said, a lot of bleach. I think that's one of the things I noticed too uh, when he had that woman in the in the tub. Like so, we see the scene where he's getting that victim out of the tub, essentially, and she's like, said, covered in bleach, mm-hmm. and then it jumps again. There's like a lot of jumping around in this movie too with the scenes. Um, and you're back to JLo. Yeah, you're back to JLo laying down on her bed. If people are familiar too, like she was watching something on uh, like a TV that was in the corner, and uh, it's an animated, I think it's a French film. It's called Fantastic Voyage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, it's a it's a gnarly film if you've never seen it before. See, I've never seen it. I thought it was kind of cool. It's it's um. That film's kind of like about alienating people of minority and stuff like that mm-hmm. through, you know, characters of cartoons or whatever. But I was like, oh, shit, she's watching Fantastic Voyage while she's high and dreaming. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, man, she's watching some... Or Fantastic Planet, I'm excuse me, not Voyage, but Fantastic Planet, but yeah. Because I was just like, man, she's watching some fucked up cartoons yeah. for as stoned as she's getting yep. and just like trying to chill out. That, you know, that film's <laughs> not something I want to chill out to because it has... Some like some real social stuff going on, even though it's a cartoon. But that's not a cartoon that you want to laugh at. But yeah, she's nodding off, and she's holding she like this off. tarot card, I think it is, or it's, it's like a, a fortune telling. Oh, well, no, it's like it's, a pillow. It's a pillow, yeah. and it has like a like a palm and shit. Exactly. And, and yeah, all the psychic shit and all that, whatever, uh, like embroidered on it. Yeah, and. The camera sort of drifts down over across it. Yeah, kind of like down then, the covers. Then under covers, and as it drifts across it, the, the covers turn into the back into the dunes. Yeah, I was like, it kind of looks like you're going back to this dreamscape with, with the desert. And that's what happens. So then it goes into her dream state. She's dreaming at this point. Uh, and then the Arab music is what I wrote down. That that intense music starts to play again. Goes back over Catherine, uh, played by J-Lo at this point, uh, of that desert she's in. Uh, and then she peers back in that white dress, and this is where she meets Edward in the beginning of the film. That's the that's the part mm-hmm. where she's back at in her dream, and then you see like this bird flies over her head, right? Like a it, yeah, like you know she looks up and you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
But uh, you can hoo hoo, yeah, hoo hoo. That's probably what he's like, hoo hoo, J Lo. But uh, yeah, the moon's in the background too. You see the bird and the moon, and, and she's then, looking around for for uh, uh, Edwards, and yeah. she's it's like she's kind of having a telepathic communication because she's not moving her lips. You can no. you can you can definitely tell that she's communicating with her through her mind. Um, and she's asking, you know, where he's at, and she's walking back up to that driftwood. And she sees like a like a hole inside the log, and then he pops back out. Right, jump scare number two for Edward. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Damn, little kid, you freaking fucking, me out." It looked like he even had flippers this yeah. time, and that's, that's that made sense to me now because or like sucker hands. Or yeah, something. it was kind of like, um, yeah, like like a seal hands or some kind of yeah. Yeah, like appendage like that. But uh, I think that relates back to like I said that little newspaper clipping about the seal beach he was on. Mm. So like I said, I, I I did have a chance to like I said pause it and do all that that other research. But but yeah, he is. He's in that little state, and it's like I said, it's a freak out moment. Um, and then it goes back to her kind right, of like waking up, wakes up, she's and the back movie's in still room. on over in the corner. Fucked up cartoons are still going. And uh, she she tells herself she's like just go to sleep. Uh, and then it cuts back. Vincent D'Onofrio. And Vincent D'Onofrio's character isn't just some, I won't say freaky, but yeah, you, I could say he's freaky. He's in a suspension. Yeah, so he, he's he got he's got his suspension rig hooked oh, up. Oh, yeah. Because he's, he's got all the rings implanted he's in his back. He's got rings in his back. I think even someone like on his, uh, on his, his triceps. On his, yeah, his triceps and shit. Yeah, which, butt naked. Yeah, butt naked. <laughs> he's uh, out of some Suspending shit. himself. Yeah. Uh, above the bleached out lady's corpse. Yeah, you do. And then uh, you see the white dog, that albino dog. He's starting to bark. Um, and then um, I think and, he looks over to like this this yeah, monitor with the VSR tape. This little shitty monitor. Yeah, exactly. It like was a kind of a shitty, channel, yeah. Like a CCTV or whatever. And it's her death vid. Yep. And, and he's watching the film of her as she's like begging while she's in the tank. And I think he's kind of getting off again, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, over the I top mean, of the body. It looks painful, man, because he's <laughs> rattling a lot. Yeah. Man. So, like I said, he's suspended on this hoist uh, while he's got the the corpse underneath him. Like, while I don't, he's I watching, don't care if you have the rings already implanted, like he Dude, was, that, he was really going for it. I don't know if you've ever seen a suspension show or no. I, yeah, I definitely have. Yeah, it's you know. If you're into that, that's cool. I got no, no objections, but that's not my thing. I feel like I don't know, man. I'm not really into that kind of. Stuff. I don't even have piercings to begin with, so you know, count me out. Yeah, I mean, I do, and I'm still like, man, that's a lot of like tugging. Yeah, and <laughs> well, I mean, a lot. That's a lot of tugging. <laughs> not puns intended, but you know, Vincent's not a little dude. He's he's a pretty big guy. Yeah, no, he's a he's a big guy, which is yeah. funny because Vince Vaughn's a big guy too. Yeah, he is, but you know. As we'll find out, Vince is kind of skinny in this. He's a little scrawny. Maybe he hasn't been paid as much as he is now. Right. I think it has a little something to do with it. Uh, but then we get... So Vincent D'Onofrio is fantastic in this movie. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to detract at all. No, I understand. But Motherfucker has the worst... His O-scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man. I, I want to like put that on a loop. Yeah, and just play that for my worst enemy, just <laughs> yeah. over and over. Just it's the worst part of the movie. Yeah, it's it's not. I'm really, sorry if that's your O face, man. You know you need you need to get your game. Well, back his O face was bad enough. Yeah, like, when he first but that started, little grunt too, when he yeah. started getting the vinegar strokes, I was like, <laughs> oh man, he was. And uh, it, it was funny because it corresponds with like this this high pitch of a train coming in too. So he's got ah! you know like the like the 
like the horn or the whistle going off on a train. That's kind of the pitch he was giving off on yeah. his vinegar strokes. And and then yeah, he o screams. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, it cuts through like a wipe with the train. Yeah, you see a tra- like a train overhead scene on on a highway. Yeah, uh, actually, it's a little bit before that. Um, it's actually like he's he's back in the, the square. He's spying on a couple. Oh, yeah, he's an advanced. Oh, I thought that couple. was just after we first see the first little the first little bit of the crime scene. Nah, he is. He you go back from uh, like I said, him jerking climax, and on top of that, yeah, then it goes back to a crime scene over a bridge. You're right. It's mm-hmm. that bridge coming. And you in. see Vince Vaughn roll up for the first time. Yeah, you do. Like so you see a crime scene. You see Vince Vaughn getting out of a like a black SUV. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, like a, an official. Yeah, he's rolling up like he's FBI hot shit. Agent, Everyone yeah. else seems like they've already been there. Yeah, so that you get, um, you get Vince Vaughn, who's playing the character Peter Novak, and James Gammon. Like he doesn't have a big part, but um, he's involved in the couple of scenes like this, more the detective scenes. But uh, yeah, he comes in. Uh, Teddy Lee. They exit from the SUV. Uh, they meet uh, a special agent Ramsey, <laughs> who we talked about. It's uh, this guy's name is Jack Weaver. Um, he's he played in one of the um, was it Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead? Something yeah, he's like that. in I believe the the Zack Snyder remake, yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Exactly. However, I always think of him as looking like Tim Roth. He does. He, he looks, looks a, a lot, lot like, like Tim, Tim Roth. Roth. I uh, put him down. I knew that he wasn't Tim Roth, and yeah. I refused to write anything else <laughs> but Tim Roth in my you notes. Know, that's. <laughs> Look good on it now. I'm like, this makes the movie even better yeah. if Tim Roth is Tim doing Roth all is of awesome, this. man. But he I just does. I mean, he played the role almost Tim Rothish anyway. Yeah. I just imagined him scowling a He's little bit. He's really more. snarky in this film too. I just imagined him scowling a little bit more. Yeah. And, and it worked. <laughs> it was it was perfect in my head. That's funny. So he's Tim Roth in my notes. I know he's not Tim Roth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they uh it's Detective Lee play like 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 Jack Ammon. Uh you have Vince Vaughn. Like I said, this guy, Jack Weaver, who we think is Tim Roth. Uh, they meet uh, another big actor now. I, I feel like he's got bigger film credits, or even, I was talking about this earlier, it's uh, Dean Norris. He plays a Detective Cole, and Dean Norris is in Breaking Bad. So right. if you're familiar with Breaking Bad, uh, he plays Hank, uh, like I said, central character in the series, does a great job, but I feel like he's been playing these parts yeah. his whole life. He nails it. Yeah, he's one of those guys. You've seen him. Oh, yeah. E- even if you didn't watch Breaking Bad, you've seen this. Yeah, you've seen life. him. He's been in other film credits, yeah. too. But he I, he seems to kind of get pigeonholed, maybe playing a detective or yeah. something of that nature. Uh, he very much looks like uh, a police cop. Oh, yeah. He's like, well, like, he's a, like a part. TV police. Like Oh, yeah. Like, Crime dramas, you yeah. name it. He's got it. But uh, yeah, so all these detectives are meeting on the bridge. They find out there's a crime scene. A body got dumped underneath the bridge, and it's uh, kind of in the shallow water, like a little ravine maybe, or mm-hmm. looks like a dry lake bed or something. Like three like inches of water. Like, yeah. Seriously, like there's nothing. There's nothing in it. It's, it's a dry bed of some sort, river bed, what have you. And you find out that they were collared to, so that Vince Vaughn's like giving his insight. You're supposed to get that like he's the expert. Like, yeah, like I'm sitting over here and a little bit off the, to the distance and seriously like some insight. As I said earlier, like all these police scenes are like the most by the book ones <laughs> in the entire. <laughs> they movie. do like the rest of the movies, fantastical, amazing. Yeah, and these serve their purpose, but they the do, purpose but is they're, just to serve. They are. They're like if if you've seen any detective crime chase scene stuff like this. It's like you said, it's to a T. They're but, uh, hitting all the beats. Vince Vaughn is showing off his insight right yeah. off the bat. He, you can tell he he might be the one who's gleaning a little bit more than these other guys. But we find out that the the victim, like I so said, she's been wrapped up in some kind of um, plastic covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely high smells of, of bleach. So we know bleach is involved. 
kind of gives a, a tip off to who we already know is using bleach and getting vinegar strokes off. Um, yeah, so this is then it cuts back to Vincent D'Onofrio. It does. Um, yeah, so we find out. Like so we find out before that, we find out that she's victim number seven. Oh, this right. Vixie. I think they even mentioned her name is Vixie, maybe. Oh, I don't remember, but yeah, they may, they mentioned her name. It's nothing really important. I think but, I missed that she was even number seven, but yeah, I, I knew that they were talking. They, about I mean, they have a lot of cop banter. Yeah, yeah, but apparently she's victim number seven. We get a, a short name, but yeah, we go to that, uh, and we see Vincent D'Onofrio like stalking. Well, not really stalking, but definitely watching yeah. another couple from from his truck. Yeah, they're kind and of he's in a sort of just stroking a doll's head. Yeah, it is a weird. It has like a yeah, it's like blacked out eyes. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Kind of blacked out eye area, like the worst yeah. eye shadow in the world. Or I don't know, just like. <laughs> Yeah, it has some, like, I don't know, he's into some weird shit already, we already know this. But yeah, it goes to, um, like, a quick flash of, of the woman in the square kiss and the man, um, you know, like a little couple. Then he starts to, like, maybe have uh, Vincent Vaughn, I mean, not Vince Vaughn, D'Onofrio's character, starts to have, like, these headaches or something's mm-hmm. going on inside the van, it's kind of throwing him off of what he was doing. Um, yeah, so, like, he takes some kind of aspirin, maybe to alleviate what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it goes right back. Uh, yeah, and you see Vince Vaughn. Yep. And you see all the detectives, the like, detective. in, a, yeah, in a diner. You see the detectives in a diner. Yeah, so, it, there, like I said, there's a lot of jumping around. So, you know, there's, like, quick scenes of this, quick scenes of that, so... Um, you, you very quickly find out that they just found that there was dog hair. Yeah, there's dog hair. Um, here's something that I thought was cool, uh, and I mentioned this earlier with Full Metal Jacket, is uh, the case file that um, Detective Lee, played by Jack Gammon, has. It's called File 762. And I was thinking, hold on. I said, that sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, my God. And it is. It, I think Those it's a possible reference to the quads. Miller meter of a Full Metal Jacket. 7.62 millimeters. I, you know what? I even paused it on that file. Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure that I got uh, Carl's last name correct. Yeah. You know, and uh, and, and Full Metal Jacket with um, D'Onofrio, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, the scene where he's like, you know, I guess ready to kill his drill sergeant, mm-hmm. um, he even mentioned it's like, he's like, Full Metal Jacket, 7.62 millimeters. You know, he kind of mm-hmm. does like this. But anyhow, yeah, I was like, hold on, they're, they're playing homage here to, to him playing that part, right? Uh, but so anyhow. as soon as they find out there's dog hair, then you basically get a cut over to the lab. You do, um, and uh, yeah, so and they instantly find out, like in minutes, that like the dog is an albino. They're yeah. lacking in melanin. Yeah, we find out, like said that um, the victim. They they find out like said through research that she didn't own a dog so that dog didn't belong to her mm-hmm. um, and there's no canine unit apparently investigating either so yeah they're back in the lab uh, they're inspecting that dog hair slide um, like I said Leah's in the corner I guess Ramsey and Novak you know Vince Vaughn and uh, Tim Roth that's <laughs> like they're just you know kind of bullshitting about it's yeah, so, so much better with Tim Roth I, I like it I, I think I'm gonna start going with Tim Roth even though it's not him. Uh, it's so much better it. with Tim Roth. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about um, he would do he, almost the same things. You yeah, see Tim Roth. He but you're does, right. He acts the same way, <laughs> just a little bit more scowling. That's all it is, man. Maybe like, a little bit more quippy. Doppel, doppelganger. We, we're familiar with doppelgangers at this point. <laughs> but you're right. They're talking about uh, the lack of melanin mm-hmm. uh, of the dog, meaning that it is an albino. They find out that the dog's albino. The dog hair that they found on the victim. Um, 
And then uh, Vincent and Vaughn. So that's going to be rare. So yeah, they, he's they, like, the, he has to be an easier animal to lover. track it down. Yeah, they, they have to love an animal like that. Um, and it's rare. Like I said, it's a rare indeed is what they say about the dog. So, uh, yeah, then another quick jump scene. It goes to um, the woman that we saw in the park, or that little yeah. square. Mm-hmm. And she's in a car park. Yeah, she's like in a, a parking garage, deck, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, a parking garage. She's walking towards her car. Obviously kind of feeling freaked out. Like, she yeah. knows something's not quite right. Something's a little off. I mean, if you're if you're a, a woman in a parking garage walking by yourself, and there's, you know, a lot of vacant parking spots. And you're looking kinda, out for guys that look like me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, you, you're looking out for vinegar strokes. Is what you're doing, uh, but she yeah. should be looking out for vinegar strokes because that's who's coming after her. Exactly. Yeah. So she goes, she gets into her car, and she backs up, and you hear a dog's. Yeah, you hear like a dump, and then a, she looks in her side. Yeah, her side view mirror, and it's the albino dog. She gets like, out. Oh, yeah, like oh damn. Yeah, dog got hit. She goes over. She's. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she started stroking it, looks over, and sees that her tires are blocked. Yeah, it's blocked by a brick, which, you know, I'm not sure if she would have, I don't know, you didn't see it at first, but then it appeared, so yeah. What she if she would have just freaked out and, like, slammed on the gas? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I know, like, you could have got over that, but, uh, yeah, so it's one of those Then she also would have got the dog, too. She would have fucked the dog up. <laughs> Uh, but we find out, like I said, that the dog kind of looks up, and there's our boy Vinny D with some, with a, a, po- a pocket full of chloroform. That's right, a he, rag. He wraps up on yeah. her rear naked choke. Yeah, he does. They're like wrestling a little bit, and you see, like she's struggling. She's kicking her feet around, um, and then anyhow, he subdues her, and then it uh, pops back over to Vince Vaughn. Yeah, it does. It goes back to the FBI building that they're in with Vince Vaughn. And he's in his office, yeah, he's kind of brushing, brushing his, his teeth, teeth with an electric toothbrush. And uh, Ramsey, uh, Tim Roth, is telling him, he's like, okay, we need to hurry up. You need to go ahead and get ready. And you see some, like, empty beer bottles on his desk. Yeah. Not like, many, though. Only, like, two. So it's not like he was really tired. Yeah, I mean, he's but... he, he might be, you know, he might be chasing a little bit. But, yeah, he's getting himself ready. And uh, then they go into, like, this briefing room of some sort. Right. And you get a generic, like, we can do this pep talk to the cops. Come on, guys. Let's do it. Uh, a, he wants to be caught. He's showing all these signs. Listen to yeah. me because he, I'm uh, with the insight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he he's telling uh, these other detectives there's two things they should be looking for at this point. They should be looking for uh, breeders of German shepherds. Uh, al- you know, looking for that dog, uh, that albino dog, uh, and four dealers. So that's two tip offs they got. The reason why they're looking for that four dealer is uh, while they were on the bridge, they found like some paint chippings and tire marks. Oh, so they yeah. kind of. They kind of tied it back into it. That's how they find out with that. Um, so that's the two things they're looking for at this point. And, and that he seems to be speeding up. Yeah, he's getting a little bit sloppier. It's almost like he wants to be found at this point. He makes note of. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, we need to pay closer attention to details. We've got a couple leads, but this guy is getting captured. All right, he's getting sloppy. He might want to get captured. And then you go over and you get Vince Vaughn and Tim Roth. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. Um, uh, with the... Uh, the the new gal's parents yeah it's like this uh, yeah the scene like I said the scenes kind of do get really choppy but yeah you see like this suburban home almost like a home in Florida is what it looked like mm-hmm. but anyhow uh, you're they're inside talking to the to the victim's mother and maybe her boyfriend or a brother or something something like that I mean really what they're doing is they're just speeding through this part because yeah. what we get at the end of Act One here in like 
a couple minutes exactly is what would normally be the beginning of act three in any other like oh, hunt down yeah. serial killer movie that, you know that's a great point because usually they're like the victims parents or their families or whatever they're usually right there at the butt end of the film you're right that's a good point i didn't think about that like they're just really speeding through the process to get it there exactly uh and so you like, okay, here's a picture of her and stuff. And in the meantime, uh, Tim Roth gets a call. Exactly. He gets a call. It's like, um, I think you get some kind of memo for the briefing. Um, it's basically a solid lead. Yeah, they get a, they get a solid at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, if I'm not mistaken. Immediately, they get a solid lead. This is all within hours. Yeah. Like, like, th- like I said, they're just... <laughs> They the are, procedural part stuff, is the man. worst part of the movie. Yeah. I love this movie, but the procedural part, as I was re-watching through it, is the worst part of the movie. Yeah. I'm sorry that Vince Vaughn had to be in it, because he actually does a pretty good job in this he's movie. Not, yeah, he's not bad at all, man. I, I like Vince Vaughn, and like I said, he does a good job. But they're, like, they're just they're blowing through it at this point. They get a, a phone call, uh, you know, talking about uh, maybe the possible uh, murderer, the killer at this point. Um, who's responsible. Um, so Ramsey, like I said, Tim Roth, he gets a mobile call. They're out of the house, stuff like that. Um, it's about the German Shepherd, actually, the dog, the albino dog. They found out that um, like three years ago, uh, some breeder sold a dog, um, like I said, the albino pup. Mm-hmm. The sheriff ran a, like a, I guess a DMV search to see if there's anything that tied it back into the person who bought it. And they hit on a, a 92 Ford, whatever car it was. And uh, so it's like, what color was it? He's like, it was aquamarine. And it was the color they found on the bridge. So that kind of plays a little bit of important mm-hmm. detail. But just because and it's And you find out the print. dog's name is Valentine. Yeah, we find out that the dog's name is Valentine. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny, too, for, for somebody who was a killer. like named his dog yeah, Valentine. It was a really pretty dog, too. Really pretty dog. But yeah, we find out, like I said, after they get outside the, the victim's parents house whatever uh that they have their their suspect uh, everything's tied yeah, back carl into rudolph starger starger is his name uh weird i don't know i don't know where they get that from but anyhow yeah that's his name um and, and they, then it just cuts over to carl yeah it does in the bathtub he is spouting water <laughs> yeah he's just kind of laying in the tub squirting water up no big deal yeah and like i said he you see I don't know, maybe like an empty vial of aspirin. He's been chomping apparently on aspirins all day. Got and some bleach doing, in the corner. And he's just sort of say, singing, saying? It wasn't really too sing-songy, but the yeah. dozy dots and do, uh Yeah, it, like, the nursery rhymes are kind of prevalent yeah. throughout this for for whatever reasons, but he does. He does like little little saying, whatever he's saying in the tub. I can't even remember how it goes now. I yeah, like I said, he just... He's, nursery dots and dozy dots and the lambs and ivy. Kiddly ivy too, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's a good point because it, it it plays significance in some, some way, but it's it's kind of hard to tie it all in. Uh, but then yeah, he's, then he starts to have like start having convulsions in the water. Oh yeah, fucking just yeah, he's thrashing. He's reaching for his and aspirin. He reach and he's out. He's out. So that's not a good sign, man. For somebody who who might have migraines or some kind of seizure that helps, you know, the aspirin might help alleviate that stuff. He's out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, apparently the cops have his place surrounded. They got it uh, surrounded near, like, maybe a school of some sort or some kind of little park area. Um, right, and this is exactly what I meant. Like, I, I made a note, like, this is 30 minutes in right now. Yeah, it's like so And so this would normally pace. be, like, maybe, like, the midpoint in, like, the third act of, like, yeah. a normal catch-the-serial-killer movie. Exactly. And, like, so this movie does kind of, 
it, it, it has a quick pace to it. Because the rest of the movie doesn't happen until they get starter. Oh, yeah. And that's when it really gets fascinating, for real. But, yeah, they just, this stuff right here just kind of it builds up to what we want to really get into. They, the cops are surrounding his house at this point. Um, I believe, like, is it Vince Vaughn and, and the Tim Roth guy, <laughs> they're up there talking to, like, whoever's been surveilling it. Mm-hmm. He kind of briefs them that, you know, they got guys around the perimeter, FBI agents, different little SWAT members, whatever. Uh, they got his place surrounded. Uh, but then you see him kind of thrashing inside around the cupboards. Yeah. You know, and they note that they've seen some movement. They're not really sure if it's him or the victim. You and they, they go they go balls out. They, oh, they yeah. sweep through the place. Yeah, they're like where they bust in the All house. All over the place. They sweep yeah, they sweep upstairs. Um I think that's when you kinda see like I don't know, some weird stuff going in inside the house, you know? And th- there's definitely sort of weird things about they don't really focus on it too much till a little bit later, but you can sort of see shit in the background for sure that you're yeah. like uh, that's not that's not quite right. Like exactly, that's not quite right either. Yeah. But what this led to was, in my opinion, the most comedic movement of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Where like all three of the the, the FBI teams sort of converge in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. Those guys from upstairs come back down because apparently everybody's quiet. Who they stopped searching or whatnot. But yeah, they're because all over like a, a ring. He's he's already unconscious. He's unconscious, but in the naked kitchen floor. in the kitchen. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> Did he have to struggle? Yeah, so Carl uh, Starger, Vince uh, D'Onofrio, they capture him. Uh, they take him out of the house in like a police stretcher. I think mm-hmm. they got him handcuffed to the ambulance or the uh, the stretcher that he's on. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they wanted to get him to um, a specific uh, doctor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Vince Vaughn, he's like, he, do- he doesn't even want anybody else to stick a thermometer up his ass. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. Like, get him to like read, I think he said, or something like that. <laughs> that is pretty funny, man. Um, but yeah, like I so said, they want to get him to general. And you're right, he's like, I don't even want anybody to stick a thermometer up his ass. They want him to see this uh, specific, like, so this, I don't know, some kind of doctor of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they go back. I think yeah, they go he gets back called in. away. He's like, hey, you got to check this out in the yeah, basement. Yeah, there's some freaky shit going on down here, guys. And they head down to the basement. <clears throat> so, and yeah, and you discover like, some things. You get a close in on, like, a lot of weird, like, a lot of These weird dolls. fucked up scenes with dolls that are yeah. all fucked up in different ways. They a are lot of them are, like, replaced distorted. with, like, birds' heads. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot more. You have some more with like blacked out eyes. Or they like are. It, it's up faces. some of them. Like you said, kind of sexualized in a way. Um, I wrote down, and I thought this was funny. And, and like I said, this is something like maybe a little side note if you want to view it for yourself. I think I maybe mentioned to you at work. But uh, like I said, while they're they're kind of panning around his basement, I paused it just by chance because I, I maybe want to get get a drink or something. But when I went back to it, I saw the scene with like a little doll. And then a shoebox with another doll inside of it. But beside that, that little uh, diorama of the that scene, you see three little dildos. Oh, right. <laughs> you know what? I actually ended up seeing that just because you had mentioned that to me. Yeah. And I I ended up having to pause during that scene, too, to get up and get something. But I had paused, <laughs> it, I had paused it about 10 seconds before that. And so I sat down for a second, and I was like... Where the where the shit is this? He told he told me that this happens. Like, yeah, yeah. And so I hit play, and I'm sitting there for about ten seconds, and then the camera pans over, and I'm like, oh, there, there, <laughs> there they are. So yeah, I I probably at this point I've probably seen that scene like I don't know several times, five, six, seven, eight times, whatever. But I just so happened to pause it, and I saw those three little dildos. <laughs> that is perfect, man. So yeah, like I said, you see all these 
fucked up weird dolls. And uh, they're checking it out. Like, yeah, some are definitely replaced with birds' heads and yeah, shit. Yeah, and... Uh, which does make sense later. A little bit later on. It does play uh, a bigger part, we find out. But um, Vince Vaughn, I guess he sees that hoist machine or whatever, and, you know, uh, maybe even that little plaque, that insignia that plays a bigger part right, later well, on. Yeah, well, the insignia is also on the table. It is. Uh, which, play, like I said, plays a bigger part later on in the movie. But they're just kind of getting more details on that hoist, that suspension chain mm-hmm. machine, stuff like that. And as that. Vince Vaughn's checking that out, Tim Roth. Tim Roth plays. It's he, not Tim Roth. It's I'm not. so sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Tim Roth Please hits, uses his pen to hit play. He does. He hits the play button and you see uh, uh, maybe that victim they had it's found. It's the video. Yeah, it's the death yeah. video that he was jerking it to. Exactly. So, you know, at this point they can tell this, this guy, he's fucking disturbed. This is definitely our guy. And then it immediately cuts over... And you see the lights come on in you the do. cell. You do. And this in is the new a, victim. We see the new victim, the girl who got kidnapped in the parking garage. So we see her in that, like this tank of some sort. Um, she's kind of pleading for somebody to help her out. You see these cameras set up all around her outside the perimeter of that, that holding cell, that cage like whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so you see this really quick. And then it jumps to another scene. It goes back to, um, to where they're meeting up with a doctor that they wanted to see that. Uh, Vince Vaughn was adamant about yeah, having to check you're, him you're out. to see this dude. Um, this guy, though, uh, he's not relevant in this film per se, but he I, I've seen him in other films, and he okay. kind of he almost plays the same character. If you've ever seen the movie Identity with uh, John Cusack, it's like I guess he's in this. Um, like, I don't know if he's in this room. He's looking for a killer, etc. Mm-hmm. Make a long story short, it's all this schizophrenic's idea in his head, but it's played by that doctor. He has really oh, twitchy okay. eyes. Huh. And that's where I recognized him from. But uh, the doctor's name is Reed, Dr. Reed, uh, played by Pruitt Taylor Vince. Uh, he was also a Natural Born Killers. So he's got a couple oh, of freaky yeah. parts already. But um, uh, they've been doing a brain scan on Carl. Uh, they find out that he has, um, which is actually, it's a made-up disease. So if you think this is real, it's not. No, I, had, I found this out. But they explain it as basically being a rare form of schizophrenia. Exactly. It's called, I think it's called Wayland's Infracture um, so mm-hmm. they, you know, they explain that uh, it lies dormant in utero. So you were born with this uh, rare form of schizophrenia. It's usually brought on by some kind of traumatic episode of some sort, maybe Involving by water. water. Yeah, which plays a huge theme throughout this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, water usually triggers it. They feel like maybe what happened inside the house before they got there triggered that, and they're like, okay, well, you know, he he explains that he's in a coma. He's in a dream state, and they're like, "Okay, well, how long is he going to be in there?" And they're like, "Well, <laughs> he, no, he's he's in a this permanent is dream forever." Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like you thought you were catching a serial killer and going to like no. throw him in jail? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're catching a vegetable. Exactly. You're, yeah, you're gonna make a vegetable salad. I don't know. It's yeah. Uh, they put on all that hard work to find the serial killer, and yeah, he's 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 in, in dreamland because of that seizure he had. So yeah, he, he as he's explaining that he's like, well, I wish there was something I could do. If there's it's like if there anything, was anything, anything, and, and then he, he realizes he's got J Lo. That's right. He <laughs> knows people over at the Campbell Center. Yeah, he knows Jenny from the block. He knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and so he sends him over there. Yeah. So like I said, we we go to um, yeah we go to J Lo. She's back at the lab. Uh, well, the the agents are actually kind of rushing. Um, Oh, at this point, they're yeah. they're always they're like, on the run. Yeah, they're on the run. So they're they're rushing in. Carl, he's back on that stretcher. They get him into the lab, and uh, this is the, where Novak, Vince Vaughn, 
Tim Roth, <laughs> mm-hmm. Ramsey, they're talking to uh, Kent and West uh, about, you know, hey, we got rec- you got recommended for this. What's go- you know, they're kind of briefing them on what's going on with this guy at this point. Like, by the way, we already got the okay from your board. Yeah, like, like no problem. Yeah, yeah, everything's a go at this point. Um, so the- J Lo wants to know. Yep. She she's kind of having problems with this whole idea. She and is. She wants she wants to at least be reassured that do you think he wants to give this information exactly and that's a good point because it, it it does play a big part of what she does in the film so while they're briefing her about you know this is what he does he tortures his victims he puts them in these these cells he fills them with water giving them desperate hope of getting out and then he i you know i guess at this point we know he gets his jollies off by watching all that stuff so anyhow she asked him if he were not in that coma would yeah would he give up these details of where that girl they're looking for is at Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, without a doubt. He's like, yeah, I, I, I think that's what, what he was doing. He was trying to tip us off, exactly. This and that. All the stuff he had already said before. Yeah, he's the guy with the insight. She's exactly. the one with the skill. Yeah, exactly. And so while while they're kind of discussing, you know, if she's cool with it, um, even Doctor Kent says, like, you know, I'm cool with it if you're cool with it, J Lo, Catherine. Yeah, you know, so so everybody gives her approval. It's just up to Catherine like at just, this point. J-Hope. Don't do any movies with Ben Affleck in the future. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Damn. Yeah. You know, I, I, one thing I'll say about this, because I know we're going off a little bit, but, oh, man, I loved it when South Park parried that, that yeah. whole oh, J-Lo. So oh, that was so great. Yeah, so... Taco kisses. Oh, taco flavor kisses for my Ben. <laughs> but, yeah, so... So, yeah, we're finding out, like I said, they're, they're wanting to make sure she's okay with jumping inside of his mind. They, they only have a certain amount of time to find that girl who we find out. I think her name is Julia Hickson at this something point. Like, yeah, yeah, Julia something. I, I didn't catch the last name, but yeah, uh, they were like, look, like at this point we know he's gone, but we know that he has a victim. Exactly. And it's still going to happen to her. Yeah. She we brings found up the evidence. Like, exactly. It's automated. Every, yeah, exactly. Uh, but at this point too, she's and also the entire time. The video is going in the background. Like, yeah. They're all watching this chick die. Yeah. You know, that's a great point. Yeah. It's fucked up because they're like in a little conference room. And so they're experiencing that. She's not, she kind of, she's not cool with it, but she makes a good point. She's like, you know, you have to realize it's that people who have schizophrenia, they typically can't discern between fantasy and reality. So, you know, this, she, in order for her to get that trust, you know, that, it might not work. Like, yeah, exactly. She's like I usually go in there and, usually it takes months, even ooh. years, for these people to get comfortable with the fact that they're in their mind. You know, but she ends up being okay with it. Yeah, she she goes along with it because she, I think she she realizes that he's probably going to confess because he's been getting sloppy, etc. They found him, you know. Mm-hmm. So he at this point we got to go. So, yeah. So they get ready to go, and they rush in. Yeah. They rush into that lab little part where we saw earlier with her and Edward. Uh, but as they're rushing, uh, Carl until you see, like, these, these I don't know, these research uh, scientists up top. They're kind of, like, in a disbelief, like, who is this guy? Yeah, it's, I thought it was kind of, I don't know. It didn't yeah, really serve a purpose. Because but... you, you do. You see, like, a trio of them. That they're are like, just like, yeah, they're like, who is this guy? Going? And I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird too because yeah. I thought it was very prominent because they were just like, huh. "Huh, interesting." I mean, they're they're familiar with research, but it's still kind of weird, right? So yeah, we go from uh, I just seen those little I don't know those scientists seeing him getting stretchered off, and now they're right. We're in the lab. We're in the lab. Yeah. And there's two important things I noted. First is we do get the Chekhov's gun. 
yeah. of there being a third suit already hanging up. Exactly. And I thought this was kind of funny, too, because uh, they do mention that there there was formerly a third member of that party of going into the mindset. And the reason why that third person is no longer there is because um, because when Catherine was inside Edward's head, usually the other person would just kind of get shut off. Right. And they didn't like that. Yeah, and they're, so they're just like... They couldn't oh, gain whatever. the trust. Yeah, we're not They're gonna... like, eh, I'm not really serving a purpose here. But yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. They had a little banter of explaining why it was there, because it and was And we there. find out the name of the machine is The Catalyst. It is. Which never gets brought up again. It's, it is. It does have kind of a weird name. It's like, uh, they call that the uh, the Neurological Synaptic Transfer System, The Catalyst. Yeah, you know, but, but yeah, they, they also show Carl, like, sit on that bed. And they actually, they removed all his rings and... I guess as um, Jello's getting prepped, you know, getting dressed up for the suit, she's like, you guys probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you should <laughs> you know? have left him. Yeah, and they're like, why? He's like, you know, that's like, that's a part of who he is. You shouldn't have done that. But, you know, maybe, you know, what, for whatever reasons, it's going to make things a little awkward. Then shit starts. Yeah. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he yeah, actually. I mean, he, they, get, they get all hooked up. And yeah, they're all hooked up. Um, you, you've already seen them hooked up. Yeah, exactly. You know what it's Baker, like. um, you know, we were talking about earlier, Dylan Baker, uh, Dr. West. He's explaining to Vince Vaughn, you know, what the reason for the chip. Yeah, oh, you know, to exit out. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. So in case something goes wrong, they have a system to get out of it. Because and, sometimes they and get he trapped. does have a little exposition how it works. Like it reads and maps the mind. Yeah, but, exactly. But it's it can pretty project cool. because it's mapped and stuff. It can project into each yeah, other. Yeah, they they gave a little bit more insight too why uh, they chose uh, J Lo's character Catherine for for being in that experiment. Too. Oh right, she was. She's the special one. She oh, she yeah. wasn't as high as everyone on the test. No, but, but she, she was so recommended. Highly recommended. So yeah, they, they like, had to give her a shot, and she's the only one that she would stood actually. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, what they said was everyone else would just observe and report. Exactly. And she would be the only one that would try to, like, interact, basically. Yeah, she was, I, I guess she was more attracted to what was going on. Everybody else was a little bit more systematic. But for, like, yeah, they, she stood yeah. out. She definitely did. Well, so, I kind of understand, too, because I, I, uh, these, <laughs> these mindscapes seem like just just the makeup of them would oh, indicate wow. a lot about a person. Yeah, and the so intricacies of their thought. A tradition, I mean, if you get in there, I yeah. mean, just studying the mindscape could probably tell you a lot. Uh, but yeah. it wasn't the way to get to the root of the problems, not with what they were doing. Exactly. And she was the one that was actually doing that. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it kind of pays ode to more why she was chosen for this part. So as they're explaining this, like I said, she's... Uh, I guess she's starting to get ready to go into Carl's mind. So, uh, yeah, they start to, the, to, the jump is what I suppose you would call it, or quantum leaps, what I put down. <laughs> right. You know? So, uh, yeah, so as they're going inside his mind, you get like this suspenseful music. Uh, and you it get falls it. through a bunch of like, Doll's heads. Yeah, it's like this weird circuitry and like maybe this circuitry. Yeah, like these wires intermeshed. Almost. And things looking like they're suspended and shit. Yeah. Until you come up through, like through this some water. water. Yeah, you see like his adult feet and then it kind of, the camera pans up through this water. And you see that to like a baptism. Yeah, these group of people who are performing a baptism. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with that it's pretty, sort of thing. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty You're familiar. Like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. If nothing else, you've seen it in so, like, yeah, you oh, see, brother, like, yeah, like, exactly. That's a good one. Uh, you see these guys like raising their hand, and then the, the camera kind of inverts itself back down into the water, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, she gets awakened in a sewer scene by yeah. by what seems to be like some blood. Yeah, like this dropping blood falls down, down onto a veil. 
Well, it, it yeah, it hits like this veil that she maybe she's wearing, and then also hits. This, I think it's the first time that maybe the director Tarsem Singh uses that that slow motion type mm-hmm. of stuff that he, that you're familiar oh, with at yeah, this point. Because all everything seems to be kind of going slow mo, yeah. except for her. It is. It, it's everything around her. Yeah, it's in super slow motion except for her. But yeah, you see like this drop of blood. This one little drop hit this like a petal of some sort that has mm-hmm. a ladybug on it that, that flips, flips the ladybug over. off. Yeah, so you know it's nah, it flips the ladybug off. <laughs> flips it off. Yeah, you see this this really cool shot. Like I said, this slow motion animation, and then it also let's see some lands in like you said in some water. Yeah, and then uh, you see like a little model of like a little house. Yeah, you do. You see like and a another blood drop lands on. The laundry that's hanging outside, like yeah, a sheet that's that. hanging sure outside. Do. Yeah, so uh, you know, and so you, but the other thing is like everything's kind of like dripping wet. Yeah, it is. Uh, that stood out to me. Water was like it's definitely a huge theme in this movie. You know, like I said, she's in this tunnel of some sort. There's this dripping stuff. There's like a like almost like a diorama or a little miniature house kind of off to the distance behind her, and she starts to approach it. And while well, you do see a very a flash of a black dog for you a do. second, you do, and she sort yeah, of follows like kind of it to that room, shaking itself off. Well, even before that, you see a oh, very man. flash of it, and she—I don't think she intentionally follows it, but that's the room she goes to. She does, and the dog's there, like shaking itself off. Yeah, in it's slow really motion. slow motion. Blood it, full of, or uh, the tub's full of blood. Apparently, yeah, like bloody water. Yeah, it's weird. And that's what seems to be coating the dog, too, is bloody water. There's this pure black dog. Yeah, and like I so even that's in slow motion, too. So everything around her is really slowed down. Uh, I thought that was a really cool shot, too. Almost like, if you're familiar with maybe certain uh, music videos, you see that sometimes, that kind of shot. And um, she turns and she sees a kid. Yeah, this kid's like running up uh, this, this set of stairs. And um, at this point, too, like I said, you know, doing a little bit more research, I, I came to find out... Uh, that Tarsum Singh was, you know, he's influenced by a lot of different paintings and things of the nature, but this is like a huge um, ode to an H.R. Uh, Geiger's. It's called Shocked Mineshaft. So if you've ever See, seen that painting, I, that's where that's where he got I'm that surprised, idea from. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't recognize that because I actually am a pretty big Geiger fan. Oh, yeah, Geiger. H.R. Yeah. Geiger. Yeah, and, and it's Mineshaft. And I didn't catch it at first. Like, obviously, now going back, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, even but, at the, at that point, I, I was thinking maybe he was paying... Uh, I caught some of the other things coming yeah, up. There was a lot of, like, if you're familiar with, like, M.C. Escher, who does, like, the inverted stairs and all this mm-hmm. stuff, like, in this cascade of stairs. I thought maybe he was paying an O to that, but it's it's familiar. You're, you're mm-hmm. familiar with that scene. But, yeah, the kid's running up a set of these stairs, and um, I think she's, like, calling to the little kid, too, right? And uh, apparently and then, she goes into that room the kid was in. That was from those stairs. Right. Well, I don't even know if she... It, it sort of just seems like she appears in it. Like the kid yeah, her along. Or exactly. Something. You don't see her like walking up the stairs, but she is. She's in that, that room of some sort. And the kid's sitting there like petting a horse. Yeah. And kind of hiding behind it and exactly. shying away from her. Yeah. The closer she gets, he kind of runs off. And you see like these... Like these clock... Or this clock. And uh, like these... I don't know. Like these sh- um, cabinet shells of some sh- sort. But it's... The room's really nice and clean, immaculate, like a white room of some sort. And I did know that the kid basically seems to be wearing exactly what adult Vincent Hoffman <laughs> yeah. was wearing. It's oh, the yeah. pink shirt, it's like jeans, yeah. same haircut. So it's maybe assumed that this is a uh, maybe a young Carl, maybe, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the clock that you mentioned seems to be tied a little bit to his state of mind. Yeah. Like, as he's freaking out and stuff, it's... It does. It's, it point. starts freaking out. It's almost, Yeah, it's almost like a, a temperature gauge for his emotions, possibly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's... Um, 
I guess she goes up to the horse and she's kind of petting it. She mentions uh, that she knows another little boy about the horse named Edward. Not the horse, the boy. The boy. <laughs> That's what she says. <laughs> you know, so uh, she's. I guess she's trying to comfort the little kid at this point. Which also, Edward, the horse, Mr. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I'd Mr. Head. That's funny. I never, I never thought about that. But yeah, like, yeah, he plays, he plays a lot of oats, man. Apparently, yeah. So we find out, like I said, that uh, that the little boy, like I said, she's trying to comfort him, and she's like, you know, I know a little kid with a, uh, a horse. But then the kid, like, kind of looks up at this. I guess at the the clock or the clock starting to right. Well, it seems to be tied to him, but he yeah. doesn't have full control of it because it's still going anyway and the yeah. fact that it's still going anyway freaks him out more exactly and it kind of like he gets anxious and it stops and then it starts to uh i guess you know go around it clockwise to like uh this almost like if you're um driving a stick shift and you go to like you know you go to the seven thousand yeah. rpms you're about to blow the engine that's kind of yeah, how it felt like it. exactly um and then she's like you know she's kind of wondering what's going on and, and he pushes her yeah, out of the way. Yeah, he runs over and pushes her out of the way from the horse. And now, this, I thought this was a really cool scene, too. I like, I like, I love this scene because it's, if you've seen this movie, you're very familiar with Here's this scene. Here's the animal violence. Yeah, exactly. Animal violence, um, yeah. Ish. ish. I mean, it's a dreamscape. It is. But. And, you know, and what we'll find out here in a second is that the horse is not really dead. Right. Even though it got, like, vivisected in all these different right. sections. So these plate. These big yeah, plate glass, glass planes, yeah, plates planes, come down. Me, yeah. Dissects that horse, and then it stretches apart. So you have sections of that horse, almost like it's cut, you know? Uh, and it immediately... So people who are already listening to this, yeah. because they're fans of horror, have probably watched Hannibal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Spoiler alert. Yeah, that happens. Spoiler yeah, exactly, man. You know what? And this is another thing. I didn't realize this until I started looking more into my notes, is that this is another uh, it's art It's an art piece. reference. Yeah, it's inspired by a, a British artist. Uh, his name is Damien Hirst, and it's uh, some comfort gained from the acceptance of inherent lies and everything. So it's actually a, uh, a painting or like a you know a series yeah, of It was uh, an drawings. exhibit, yeah. yeah. I, I actually – that's one of the ones I, I did well, catch. Really I cool. didn't know that. Yeah, uh, so he's paying he's paying a lot of odes to like these you know I guess uh, artists who depict these scenes you know that are going on through this film, but really cool scene. But this horse does get cut up oh, and yeah, spread out. Yeah, I mean you can see and then you everything. can see that all the pieces are still moving. Yeah, even the ears alive. are twitching. The, ear, the horses. Yeah. Like the, the first thing I noticed yeah. was the ear was twitching, and then I noticed that, like the, the lungs the and stuff were yeah. still exactly. Even though it's alive, it's it's dissected and all these different glass plate pains essentially yeah it's it's wild and then the kid runs off again and j-lo follows she and does. she has to kind of like walk through the horse a little bit yeah she does she kind of goes through it she's i think she realizes that it's still alive even though like i said huh, yeah. you saw what happened could have been her i think maybe she's realizing that uh-huh and she goes into the next room oh this is gnarly too i like and this. the next room everything about it is like 90s tool video yeah you know even, even the camera even down. the way that the camera like moves across is yep. the the weird I, I wrote down i called it jerk motion yeah it is it's really herky jerky mm-hmm. yeah you're right i even wrote down that like i said it's a good point you brought up about tool if you've seen any of tools videos from like the the 90s when mtv actually played <laughs> music mm-hmm. videos uh i wrote down that if you're familiar with like maybe their present uh prison sex video or stink fist video i mean you you would definitely know what this is yeah because it and, felt like that and but that's the thing, like not just the room felt like that. Oh, no. Like everything about yeah. like how everything moved. Yeah. It was pretty fucked up. 
pretty really gnarly. cool. Like, really I, I cool, loved it. But I, I thought, like I said, it's cool because he does have a musical video background too. Tarsum mm-hmm. Singh, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if he's borrowing from other artists that maybe inspired him. Uh, but yeah, she uh, J Lo goes over and like she activates some kind of switch. That's above the door. At first, I thought she was just opening that first door. Like, yeah. every door would have its own opening. But exactly. what it ends up doing is it ends up powering up the whole thing. Exactly. And, it like, it opens up uh, this one door. There. Like, you see this jacked-up, Jack Diesel bodybuilding lady. Yeah. Uh, maybe a, uh, it looks like it was a victim, you know. All these victims apparently look like dolls after a point, you know. But, yeah, she activates these levers. Um, it activates all of these lifelike doll victims. It's pretty they, gnarly. I like the way that they did the They have too. all, yeah, they're, they've all been modified to look like dolls, just exactly. some to more of an extent than others. Yeah, they're, they're hyper-sexualized, these these animated lifelike Most figures. Of, well, not all, all of them. them. Not a, all of them. Not no, all, some I, of them I were surprisingly there. tame, I thought. But yeah. they were still very disturbing. Like, very... Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it was like a combination of, like... Bondage with yeah, uh, being turned into like uh, like lifelike ex- exhibits, like animatronic yeah. exhibits. That's a good point. I was thinking like if you're familiar with vaudeville and things like mm-hmm. that, they're kind of similar to that kind of stuff. Like you're watching a, a show of some sort. Yeah, in a way, but it's almost yeah, exactly. Uh, at least at least style wise. Yeah, but then it also reminded me like if you were to be like. Just sitting on like the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Oh yeah, and the animatronics are just continually yeah, doing yeah. the same thing oh, yeah. over and over again. That's a good point. But yeah, you get the feel for that. Like these, they're very animatronic. Like I said, they came to life by her apparently pulling that lever switch, and she's examining them. And like I said, they're and she's walking down this hallway, oh, and you're man. seeing a ton of them, and they're pretty. Like it's kind of disturbing. Yeah, it is it's kind of fucked up. At least one <laughs> of them is definitely like obviously supposed to be a stripper. Like, but one of them's like a dentist. It looks like, yeah, like uh, it, it's pretty wild. Um, like so I even wrote down that you know some of the the victims look like they're wearing like this chipped paint, mm-hmm. like almost like a portion like the dolls. Well, like, and so one of them's face is almost completely replaced with an actual like doll's face. It looks yeah. like like a lot of them are just kind of like painted to look kind of dolly and shit. Yeah, but, like one of them, it's kind of like replaced with like a doll's face. It's yeah, she she does. She eventually goes like sit down that hallway to that that scene of with a. Uh, yeah, that woman crouching. She's got like these animals beside oh, her. Oh, but the whole time, oh yeah, that female bodybuilder has been. Following oh, she her. has. She's lurking behind, even though she, yeah, she's not aware that that one she let out. Yeah, that's she's right behind her. So she's observing. She almost she like kind of reaches out to that victim, mm-hmm. and then that's when Jack Diesel comes up and snatches her ass, and swings her. her. Yeah, she swings her up against that wall, um, renders her you know. In, Comes Inca- out. Yeah, she's she's out. She's incapacitated at this point. And they end up walking by one more victim who seems to be like almost like I wrote like a human music box. Like it yeah. reminded me like a ballerina in music box or something. Yeah, and she definitely gave that off too. You know mm-hmm. that part. So um, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. And, and then she eventually she's she's getting carried away to like this huge shaft of some sort that she's in, like mm-hmm. almost mine shaft maybe. And it's like this huge like underground lake yeah, layer. Yeah, it's wild. Like, it's like an underground lake that's not deep enough to actually be a lake. No, it's it's just, it's just yeah. like water for the reflective quality. I don't fucking know. Yeah, who knows? And then but like yeah, a big a like concrete building, like square building in the yeah, middle Yeah, it's just in the it. middle of this open space. Like she's in this huge tunnel of some sort. And um, this is where I, I wrote down that she's going to meet the king. Uh, yeah, this is basically... Oh, this is the first time I think I also wrote that it was Carl. In the yeah, it's, it's definitely Carl. But it's not Carl that we've seen no. him so far as. 
Uh, he's I, I wrote the king because he he has uh, you actually see like these suspension rings on his back. He's got this really demonic kind of looking paint and. I don't know, he's, he's gnarly. He's like a, I don't know, yeah, like a beast-like figure mm-hmm. in a sort. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like you said, like he has the rings back in, and you can see this giant like CG wall hanging yeah. around everything. That's still, it's obviously CG, like yeah, shitty 2000 CG, but out of all the shitty 2000 CG that is in this movie, I thought that that looked with the coolest. Like, yeah. the way that it just stood out from the wall, and it's just this big, regal purple... Yeah, like these huge drapes just draping the whole walls. And as he sides. starts to walk towards her, it's hooked yeah. into his hooked back. Hooked into his back, and it's, and it's like... pulls it Pulling all those drapes. Yeah, from the entrance all the way around him. Going Which toward, is, uh, I believe, was a trailer moment. Like, I was trying to remember it. I'm like, it may I, have been. I think, think it was. that was a trailer moment. Yeah, so if you've seen the trailer, I think that was a, one of the scenes they do show in it. There's... Of course, several scenes they show throughout, but yeah, that's a really cool scene. I thought I like I like the way they use that CG and it. it served its purpose. Oh fuck! Does he say something? He says something to her, doesn't he? He does. When he approaches her, he kind of looks at her. He's like, "She's she, what are you she doing just gets here?" Dumped in like that, that room. Yeah, he looks at her. He's like, "Where do you come from?" You know, like really just ugh, like. A, and she screams and she's hitting. That yeah, she's button. she's boom. She's out. She she knew when to get. I out. I can't blame her. No, that was. I would have been scared shitless, man. man. I'm getting the fuck out. Yeah, like, she got slammed by the Herculean woman, got dumped, meets the king, where you come from, boom, she's she's gone, she's out of it. Uh, yeah, so she pushes the chip, and then she's back, um, you know, back into the lab. And then we see a scene with uh, Vince Vaughn, he's, like, smoking a cigarette, examining some of the, the photos of that insignia oh, yeah, He's doing desk. detective work. Yeah, he, like, so they're, he's they're doing, doing this shit, yeah. Um, but he gets, a, he gets a call from West. uh... From Doctor West, Dylan Baker telling uh, telling him that she's out. She's she's out of the experiment or the the quantum leap, right? Uh, so Novak hangs up uh, the phone. Uh, he tells Ramsey, uh, who's you know, well, Ramsey's passed out at his desk. He's been worn out. Uh-huh. Tim Roth, uh, so he, yeah, yeah he so he's like he's over sleeping on his desk. They've been on the beat for so long, but uh, anyhow, like I said, uh, Catherine at this point she she appears to be coming out of it, but she's she's way out of it of sorts and. Uh, Dr. Kent, she's examining her. She's asking, you know, if she's okay. Um, you know, and like I said, Wes is explaining to, to Vince Vaughn that um, that she feels like she might have gone too deep into Carl's world. Um, you know, and, and if she goes too deep, um, that she can get lost in there. Like, she she thinks that mm-hmm. it's actually happening. So um, that's why it was, it was safe for her to get out at that point. And we did get a we do get a cut in too where we see the victim getting hosed on water for the yeah, first time. Yeah, we do. We do. She's uh she's in that cell uh, that holding tank, and then those shower heads start to come <sighs> on. Yeah, she's freaking out. Man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like what the fuck is going on, dude? But yeah, she's. Um, but then yeah, I remember out, she mentioned then JLo's all just just trying to explain to them like it's not it's Carl, but it's not it's, it's not, not really Carl. It's not really Carl. Yeah, he's. Um, yeah, he. She calls him a king in a very twisted kingdom. Yeah, like he's in complete control there, and he's he's not he's not him. He's him, but exactly, it's beyond now. Yeah, and then uh, like so, once we get out of out of uh, like I so seeing you know Julia in the tank, uh, then we go like to Novak, and this is this is another kind of one of those scenes I thought with Vince Vaughn where uh, you know the scenes kind of, it's a little <laughs> it's a little bit hard to watch in in a, in a little bit ways because. Um, J Lo's kind of hunched over uh, Edward at, at his mm-hmm. bedside, you know, and she's—I don't know—maybe she, she's trying to console herself with him. 
And he's like, am I interrupting anything? Yeah. You're like, right. no, of course not. No, you're not. <laughs> you know? But I just thought, I was like, was that really necessary for him to ask that question? Right. And then they go, then they go elsewhere to have the, the long expository yeah, talk. Yeah, she's like, both. she's like, she didn't want to explain that what she just experienced while she's next to Edward because even though he might, he's in that comatose state, maybe he's still you mm-hmm. know, aware of some sort. Maybe he can delve into his character. But anyhow, yeah, they go to back out to like, um, outside of, of uh, that little, the lab research facility they're yeah, in. They're somewhere on, they're somewhere on the, the center. Yeah, exactly. And she's just kind of, like I said, she's explaining, uh, kind of the stuff that she feels while she's inside the patient's mind. Um, you know, you know, especially with, you know, with, with them being schizophrenic, like it's just, it can be jumbled, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, Vince Vaughn goes into, to telling goes into his, his backstory, story, like in how order he got to convince him. her. <laughs> yeah. That she should, trust him or like he can connect to her this is another one of those like the way it plays out it's another one of those story beats we've seen it before like look this is what happened to me and And this is why i'm now an fbi agent chasing these guys down here's yeah the biggest thing so his story is he was an attorney exactly uh he was trying to get this child molester who walked on tainted evidence the the molester goes and kills the little girl that very same night. Exactly. The parents, yeah, the parents were gone. They come to find that little girl with her killer. Now the guy who molested her, um, he cut her, I guess, from belly all the way up. And uh, he even mentions like you know the guy stored her heart in the freezer just in case the parents wanted her. He thought maybe the parents wanted Would her want heart. to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. So he feels like you know he did his his work as a lawyer. He tried to do everything he could, but it still didn't work so that's why he's an fbi agent now yeah now he goes he, he goes tries chases to put, them. yeah he just tries to chase them yeah he doesn't persecute or prosecute them he just he, he and captures then, them and then j-lo presses further and uh he's like oh well the guy ended up walking still because he was insane at the time because yep. this and that like he suffered years and years of of uh child sexual abuse himself or something like that yeah exactly. and here's where i thought the the biggest thing that opened up especially because of what comes later and what's hinted at through the Chekhov's gun yeah. of the third suit is Vince Vaughn's character hints that he was very heavily sexually molested as a yeah. child. Oh yeah. It does come out because there's even a scene later on uh, with JLo and him and, and maybe she's even calling him out on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a good point because um, child abuse and maybe even child sexualization is, is a, th- a, a a recurring thing, but it's not like a. I don't think it's a, a huge thing, but it does play a, a huge part in why Carol, Carl is the way he is. Mm-hmm. It definitely does, um, and it, it it does get mentioned throughout. And I just feel like I don't know, like if we were able to get rid of that whole, yeah, first act, uh, like all the police shit, and just start with them already having Carl in custody, exactly, so that we could have more times in the dreams. So that yeah, because Vince, those are the more so interesting that Vince's parts. problems could also be an issue. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it would be even a better movie. Not that I'm saying I don't like this movie, but, but no, I think it would give his character a whole lot more validity throughout this film, and it'd give a chance for J Lo to kick more ass because yeah. she would still be the only adjusted one in that scape. Yeah, and you know that that's a that would have been a really cool, uh, maybe a, like I said, a, a venture into his character a lot more. But yeah, um, and he does have a like I said, tip his hat that he's been involved somehow with, with Very, this kind of child yeah, stuff. He, you know? he hinted that it was 
bad. Like, I mean, it's bad no matter. Like, let's put that out there. But he hinted that it was pretty extreme. Exactly. And then she she starts to say that, you know, the the little boy that she encountered inside Carl's mind, she wants to reach out to him. She feels like she can gain his trust and maybe he'll lead, uh, you know, the detectives and her to where uh, Carl's holding the victim. That's mm-hmm. in the tank that we've been seeing, you know, little flashes of. So, um, anyhow, Ramsey, Tim Roth, kind of, he comes in. He asks him, you know, what do you want to do with him now? Because, you know, he's just kind of sitting here. We're running out of time. Um, you know, well, so when Ramsey comes in, too, yeah. he's all butthurt about being left out. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, and I think he's they just let Vince man. Vaughn be Vince Vaughn because yeah. his response is just like... Yeah, he's like, maybe you were sleeping. I didn't want to mess with you. Yeah. You, know, you had that little sleep thing going and on. His entire cadence, though. <laughs> Everything about the way he talks and responds to him is straight out of any of his comedy movies. uh, He just slips into that same cadence, and he's just like, hey, well, how about this? Yeah, you know, there's even a part where he looks over to J-Lo while he's rambling, like, cutting cutting up Tim Roth. Like, like, hey, check this out. (laughs) She wasn't impressed. She's like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, so she tells him, you know, all right, go ahead – Let's get prepped. Where I'm going to go back in. Yeah, because you know, like I said, she wants to see if she can get in contact with the young Carl, the little kid. And yeah, so they start again, and this time though, she also makes sure he yeah. had a pet. So exactly, Valentine's there. She does. She asks, um, you know, if, did he have any pets of any sorts, cat or dog? Well, yeah. So that yeah, you're right. They bring in Valentine. Uh, you can see Valentine uh, licking Carl's hand while he's, um, I guess, in that little suspension wire table of sorts. Maybe to give him more, you know, comfort, reassurance. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got somebody on his side that's there for him. Yeah. And the lights go down. It seems like it's starting up. And the lights pop up. And she starts getting informed that there's a power problem. Yeah, kind of the power dims out on them. And starts getting instructions to go. Yeah, she needs to go to like a, this and that like a circuit box. Or, or yeah, exactly. He gives her like a couple circuit breakers to turn on because they are having that problem. Uh, so she gets up off of her table and she's kind of woozy, and you can she's tell the scene is a little out of sorts too. You know, like like she's groggy. Basically, and as she starts walking towards the corner, yeah, she looks back over, and she can see that she can see herself. She can see Carl. She can see she Wes and Kit. Yeah, the, she, she realizes she was into, outside. Yep, like how the camera was framed. She walked into that never. Like, the camera didn't follow, yep. the zooming didn't follow, she shrank down, and it Decides. was like walking into a painting or something. Yeah, that's a good point. She, she, Yeah, you can distinctly tell that she's in the corner of that room, shrunk down to size, and she's outside of herself. And uh, she even makes the, the comment, she's like, um, I'm already inside, you know? And uh, I think Kent makes mention, uh, she's like, what did she say? She says it the West. So they know that maybe she's mm-hmm. inside, if I'm not mistaken. And then... When she realizes she's already in, yeah. she instantly like gets warped. Basically, yeah, she does. Into uh, being, she inside. like kind of kneels down in that corner, and then she's inside of a like a small um, box, like a glass, like box. a glass box. Yeah, that's yeah. And it's like of... really raised on this huge column, this pillar uh, uh, in the middle of like this pit. That's, yeah, it does look like a pit. That's there just to have a pillar. Yeah. With a box in it. I suppose. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's dreams. We, we get exactly. it. Like, it's cool looking. But yeah, she's she's trapped inside and she's, 
she's almost kind of she's getting a little panicky at this point, like trying to figure out a way out. She pops open, yeah. Uh, she the pops top open of it. the top, and as she pops open the top, it's no longer the top. Exactly, it's and the she bottom. Falls out. Yeah, and she's suspended by like a I don't know some wire that's around her leg, like a chain of some sort. And uh, like I said, while she's almost like in this animated suspension with that chain, she pulls herself back up, and then she releases herself, and then she falls. But it's not a fall. Yeah, it's you know it's a fall swim. Yeah, exactly. She's really floating, almost like uh, with no gravity. She's just free falling. Right. It's like um, if you if you've seen Three Hundred when when the Oracle's making their oracling, (laughs) and it's all like water, but it's not water because they're they're filmed in water, so everything's all floaty. Exactly. then the way they filmed it was so that they could take the water out, so it's like they're just moving. That's what's happening. Yeah, and she's falling through the air like that. And it looks really cool. Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool, you know. And she's just she's kind of hovering um, right above the ground because she's like she's she's mm-hmm. been falling through this tunnel, and then she just kind of hovers like uh, like she says she's floating, and she calls over Valentine. She's like you know Valentine, but she's not she's not using her voice once again, and her voice is kind of shadow or her face is shadowed a little bit. While she's in that suspended animation, you know, she's she gets uh, Valentine to come over. Um, yeah, and she's like, well, where's Carl? Like, Yeah, she know. asks where Carl's at, and then he leads her, apparently, to where he's at. And, he, and she looks up, and that's when she looks through the doorway, and she sees him going... Yeah, he, I, let's see here. Yeah, he does. He goes to a house. Um, we can see, like, a little house in the background, too, mm-hmm. when, when Valentine approaches her. Uh, so yeah, so and she just continues following, goes yep. into the house, and then we can see uh, the young Carl kind of running up to maybe like the the side door of a home, like a small little home, mm-hmm. and he goes inside, and then shortly after that we see her at that door, and she's in like in just some formal wear. She she goes from wearing like this really exotic robe. She has a lot of costume changes in this movie. I think that's another thing they did throughout was like kind of accentuate. You know who she is. Maybe as a dancer, she can make these movements. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the wardrobe she wore, I mean, it, it really did accentuate that. But uh, yeah, she's just back to normal street clothes at this point. Yeah, she's in street clothes. She finds him in the kitchen. Yeah. He's very frantically washing dishes. Yeah, he is. He's like washing them, drying them off. Uh, she offers to lend him a hand, and um, you know he's he's okay with that. And then she takes off like this locket, a necklace. She gives it to him, and she's like, and you, you could know, recognize it because you, yeah. you do see the what. Mr. E had been playing with before, exactly. and it's the same thing. It's it the, is. It's the same little locket that he was using to shine. To shine the light on her. Yeah, as she approached them. And she explains, she's like, you know, if you ever feel like you're lost, or if I'm close by, but you don't know where I'm at, use this, and, you know, I'll find you, you know? And so she does that. She gives him that locket. Um, and as he's inspecting it, a plate falls off uh, the kitchen counter that, <sharp inhale> oh yeah, it smashes, and then you hear this voice in the background like, Carl! Which you, you immediately know. Yeah, it's we know it's father. his dad. Yeah. yeah, and he ushers her off like in this little pantry closet. He pushes her into the pantry. Yeah, closes the door and she can't get out. And what happens from that point is uh, his father comes in. You know, he's like, oh, you broke a plate, you know, etc. Um, he's like, he's sitting down at the table now and he's like, oh, well, let's smash plates, let's break them all. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's being really uh, a dickhead, dickhead, authoritarian yeah. at this point to the kid. Um, and you do hear things yeah, like he uh, the with mom laughed. Too. Yeah, you know she. Yeah, he does. He smashes the plates. He's sarcastic with them. Um, he told. He even tells him like, you know, I should have drowned you. You were the runt of the litter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just dogging his kid out. And she's. I think she's getting an insight of of why or 
what leads up to and what she's he's doing. doing a lot of like looking through yeah. and then looking back to her own situation because her own situation keeps changing and every time she looks back through it's something different yeah you're right and so and, like because at a certain point like a little bit into that she's suddenly like standing in a bucket of eels yeah there's like some eels and she even she tries to communicate with the father like hey i broke it but she yeah she has no but, luck yeah yeah it's like she's not even in that yeah and i think her fears are kind of manifesting in those waters and stuff like that mm-hmm. too yeah and that's so a good point then you look back through and he's getting god damn it uh there's the weird part where i'm not sure what yeah, he's getting man. scolded for uh, but... it's like this this older woman's laying on a couch you like um and that's where he kind of explains he's like you know um i guess he's been playing with dolls or yeah, she's been letting him play I with thought. dolls yeah yeah and he's like you know um you know no son of mine's gonna be playing with dolls dolls are for girls you know you're not his mother so we learned that that woman on the couch is not his mother no. she's wearing like a robe with some underwear, you know, Barely. she's not, yeah, and her, she doesn't like even have a, a top on. kind of hanging out. Yeah, she's like, a little side breast. Not something that I'd want to see, but that's what's going on. And uh, he's he's dogging her out now. And, you know, she's like, he, well, he's like, you're not his mother. He's not going to be playing with dolls. Your mother ran off. She abandoned us. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah, and so, <laughs> and this is where another part, like I said, if you're not comfortable watching this, it's not an easy scene to watch, really, because no. even even J Lo, you know, her character gets disturbed by this scene that's coming up. Um, but his brother or his father grabs uh, him by the, the nape of his neck, and he's kind of like showing him that woman's her privates. Yeah, he's like, "Look at that!" And yeah, he sort like, of looks is, away again. This is evil, you know, and stuff like that. You know, this is he's he's basically telling him that women you can't trust them. That their privates are just a place of evil. Nothing good's going to come out of it, and that's basically why he dogs him out and thinks that he's, you know, a runt, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's then she, she weird. looks away, and he looks again, and he's been playing with dolls again. Yeah, now he, yeah, he's in a different scene um, where he's playing with this doll. His dad catches him playing with the dolls and starts to scold him once again, and even mm-hmm. takes off his belt and starts like, whipping I him. I didn't raise no faggot. Yeah, he does. He even makes mention of it. And like I so said, this, this is another movie that, you know, with PC terms and stuff like that, it's not meant to, to shock or offend. It just, it, it delves into the, the character and why he is the way he is. But he does use, you know, mm-hmm. those words. He, he expresses that. And then he picks up an iron, and he's like, you know, you like to iron? He unplugs it. Uh, iron. You iron you like a woman. Like yeah, exactly. Like I'm going to show you how to iron like a woman. And then you can, it doesn't show it, but you can hear like the steam coming off and young Carl screaming. Mm-hmm. J-Lo's, you know, That's she's when really she looks disturbed. away again. And this time when she looks away, she turns around and you see another scene behind her. Yeah, she does. Um, when she turns around, uh, you can see like, and this is where... Well, like so, I'll mention here in a second. Well, you can see like a tub scene, um, like a wooden floor, mm-hmm. a tub in a single room. You know, really, really interesting lighting. Uh, I, th- I thought for that part. And but she, she also sees like a Carl a, sort of slumped over the yeah, tub. He's a he's an adult Carl. His his present self mm-hmm. slumped over a tub, uh, cleaning what appears to be a woman in the tub. Um, but you also see Valentine as a pup. I know, oh, I know. I was like, oh, Such a cute puppy, puppy Valentine. Yeah, and he has like this, um, like this little bowl, like a metal bowl beside him, where he's, I guess, he's using it to, to rinse off his rag or whatever. Yeah, and it's obviously all bloody. Yeah, it is. And, and you he's see, got on some gloves, and he's smoking yeah, a cigarette. He's smoking a cigarette. He's got like little 
like I said, cleaning gloves on. You see the young puppy run around the bowl. So this gives you an impression. Maybe this is his first, first victim. And I think he even explains He like, mentions later yeah, that it is the first. It's his first victim. It's obvious that it was an earlier one. Yeah, but... you can definitely tell. This is giving you some insight of his uh, his development stages. Of you know of his schizophrenia, his killing, and stuff like that. What led up to those points? Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, he he explains you know that it was messy. Like I said, he didn't do it right. Basically, it was just sloppy. It was his first victim. He's cleaning her. She, even then, you can see like maybe he's using that bleach and stuff like mm-hmm. that because she's kind of propped up like a doll like figure. But he's he's cleaning. Yeah, her. he's, he's like, cleansing yeah, I made her. a mess. And as J Lo gets gets closer and gets to talking to him more, yeah. she. She starts asking because they had mentioned, oh, well, like a water event brings it on. And she yeah. he mentions like what the first time he started hearing exactly. hearing this calling or whatever. Like, yeah, she, the, she does he never made He never gives it any big official title. but No, he just – it's like he. I think it's maybe the noun he uses. Yeah. He, he, and he's uh, like, oh, well, it was during my baptism. Yeah. I convulsed. Exactly. He, he mentions that he thought – They just all watched. Yeah, he thought that when he was getting baptized, you know, his his father put him under – he uh he he thought he maybe had a seizure, you know, and uh, that's what triggered that that voice in his head because he felt like you said he felt like everybody else around was just watching, and that voice was the only thing that was helping him out, um, you know. And then he even asked her too, you know, what was her purpose of being there, you know? Well, and then said, after that me. night, his dad beat him again. Yeah, presumably, I would guess for making a scene in front of everybody. He does. Uh, and breaks three ribs. He says he broke. Yeah, broke his his jaw, broke his ribs. Um, like I say, even a little bit before that, you know, he asked uh, Jayla why she was there, what was her purpose, and he's like, "Don't lie to me." And she's like, "You know, I'm here to help." And, and you know, he goes off on a little tangent, and then she's she's like, "You sound like your father," because he calls her a oh, bitch, right. a whore, a cunt. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, and that, I think that's what led him to start explaining some of what was going on. But you're that's right, right. Yep. his his dad broke his jaw. He explained that he was only six years old when that happened, mm-hmm. the night of his baptism. Fucked up, man. But um, something I thought that was cool too about that scene is um, it, it was is a direct, almost direct scene out of uh, losing my religion. Yeah, the video. So which yeah, which he directed. So go figure. Yeah, like, exactly. But it was really cool too. No, I like that and scene. It does a lot. look a lot like that video once yeah. you uh, once, once you, you know yeah, that once you put once it you together. It, yeah, you can't. Hope. But then I mean, as this is all going on, like jlo kind of sort of sort of breaks a little bit more and she kind of gets really direct and kind of frantically asks where's julia at Cause, exactly because it's sort of starting to not go her way really and she's just trying to get to it and get out basically yeah she is she's like you know what what your father did to you it's not right he treated you like a thing uh he explains that you know my father was more powerful than me mm-hmm. um you know she's she's like you know um no one should be treated like that. And then he starts to kind of. I thought it's kind of weird how he does it from like the the time he kind of gives up, kind of thrashes a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, it he starts kind of getting weird. It starts getting yeah, all... it does. You can tell something is, is kind of building at this point. You know, um, but you're right. She asks, you know, where's Julia at? He's like, don't use names, no names. He, he splits. His, <laughs> he doesn't want to hear names. He starts to slowly back away in the corner. You know, and as he's doing it, he's talking, and it, yeah. So this is part of the genius of D'Onofrio in this movie because what it looked like was happening was it looked like he was walking backwards into the corner while saying the lines, mouthing the lines in reverse while they were being said correctly over top of him. Yeah, so you could tell like maybe there's this transformation of sorts, but yeah, that's that's a good point. His 
uh, it was like a lip syncing, a dubbing of some sort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's like, you know, she, with obvious voice effects oh, starting yeah. to be layered on. Like he's no Absolutely. longer talking in just his voice. No, you know, because uh, throughout the film too, like um, later on, a little bit later on, he when he does speak to her later on, it's really calm. He's mm-hmm. a really calm person. Uh, but yeah, she's like, I know you, Carl. And he's like, Do you know me? And that's when that the kind of voice mm-hmm. starts to come on. Do you really know me? Do you know who I am? And then. Um, as he's backing away in that corner, that's when she wants to activate the switch. And then that's when you see like that monster Carl, this demonic. Yeah. I wrote demon Carl. Carl. Yeah. He sneaks up behind her and kind of puts her in a, in a lock. Yeah. Locks her arms up, slams her to the ground. Kind of, you know, once again, he, he incapacitates her and his hair is all just sort Spiky, of like, like it's, a, it's spiked and like yeah, almost like curled horns. into like these twisted horns that yeah. sort of frame his face. You know, another cool thing too is, um, even I even think that that character of himself, that demon self, it had like this paint chipping. Like you could see paint on his head mm-hmm. and on its back of his his neck. You oh, and see his forearms were all yellow too. Yeah, it was really gnarly. And I think uh, even that creature had the rings in him, you know, already in. Oh, I the think suspension so too. rings. Yeah. So, but we know that it's like this demon Carl not letting her out, and uh, that's when it kind of cues back into the control. Well, he room. ends up throwing the collar on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see as he's throwing it on that it's got some sort of inward wedges. It does. And as he slams it on, you see blood. You and do. You're, and for a second, you could like be like, oh, fuck. Like, she could be dead. Yeah, she's fucked. If her, if her neck's bleeding and she believes it, she could be dead. Though. Yeah, and that's kind of what's going on. She thinks she's this is actually happening because it does keep back to that control room. Out. And they're like, she's lost. Yeah, it, it starts like the monitors inside that control room are kind of interchanging between host and guest engaging each other. Yeah. And they know something's going on. They know that she thinks this is real. Yeah, they're like, you know, the, hyp- the hypothetical we put out? Yeah, like, this it is just really happened. going on. Like, this is what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so She's now, lost in him, basically. She, yeah, she thinks this is really happening because she's too far in it. Uh, she's not familiar. But, um, yeah, so then the scene, like I say, cues back to um, to Kent and West. Uh, they're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with, with Catherine and Carl. Um, and then Vince Vaughn and Tim Roth, they come back in. They start to ask what's going on. Like you said, they, they tell him about the hypothetical situation. Um, you know, he said that, you know, they're like, well, this happened before this happened with Edward. You can get her out. And they're like, well, this is not that simple. Anything we can do to force her out would possibly just make it it worse. Exactly. And they're not, she's not familiar with his mind and it's not as simple as just taking her out. Like you can't just unplug her. She's too far deep in at this point. And then they start to kind of get the idea that, Hey, there's uh yeah, they look at that third suit. Yeah. Hey, Hey, there, there's an empty spot here. We, we might have something going on here, but Time is still of the essence, yeah. and we see the victim again, and she's getting poured on again. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so you, you do. You go back to Julia. Like, so there's really quick scenes in, in between this. Uh, you see that water dumping back on her. And this uh, time she's getting pissed. She is freaking out. She's like, let me the fuck out. I'll fuck you. She's desperate, man. She's totally yeah. desperate. She even uh, she starts to examine like the rivets that are holding the pains. She's together. like, "What can I do?" Yeah, like, like I said, she's looking for a way out at this point. She's freaking out. And at the uh, very end of it, she looks up. In yeah, the like in the corner, she sees a pipe. Yeah, like a little pipe, and she tries to break in. Is nothing, man. She no luck. Uh, and then, like I said, we get another quick view, another quick scene. It goes back to um, to Vince Vaughn. He's getting microchipped. They're mm-hmm. actually putting the chip in him. He's um, in his suit. He's complaining about it. Yeah, he's like, it feels like there's a bunch of ants running around me. So, oh wait, it gets worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't worry about that. Yeah, no big. Like, just don't. Re- just remember the biggest thing. It's not real. Exactly. And, and they uh, drop a man. They do. Um, yeah, like I said, 
Valentine kind of lets off a bark uh, right before that. But yeah, you see him, the the table's lowering. He's in. He's jumping in. And he he has a fun little trick. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was cool too. Is they use that? I don't know if it was a drug they dropped, or it looked like maybe some blood or whatever that oh, was in that something little. Something dropped it into his. Yeah, and they focused on that. They start to pan towards that that swirling effect inside the solution, and that's when you start getting that psychedelic. And then it starts to just well, it starts getting psychedelic, and yeah. then it starts getting uh, <laughs> early like two thousand CG. Yeah, it, you know, it made me feel like I was watching a liquid television on MTV, like those oh, little yeah. water waves kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, you. You could definitely tell that was that was that. Out of era. all the effects in the movie, like most of the movie's effects hold up really well. Yeah, this is the part that doesn't so much. This one is and not, not all of it. Yeah, I mean some parts of this little trip that he it's goes kind of, on. It's cool. It lasts like cool. forty seconds, a minute, something like that. Yeah, like, some are pretty cool. Like, yeah, he goes through like it was almost like a rainbow hyperspace yeah. moment. You get for... like this electricity stuff going on with like I said those liquid formations. It's almost like a hyperdrive. Like you're in a wormhole vortex mm-hmm. of some sort. Yeah. But he eventually sort of wakes up, sort of, it's kind of like in a field. Yeah. He, but the first thing you notice isn't that, like, it's a field. No, no, no. Like I said, he's, he's, he is, he's like heavily or breathing. Him. And, yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> like I said, we do, we see him like back in the chain, or in that experiment room, kind of like hyperventilating. But you're right. We see it like, the scene kind of lowers from the sky. And, and you're like, okay, cool, like blue skies yeah. again, whatever. It seems this darker is, this man, time, but this is pretty freaky. I thought this too, this like little scene, but knowing the reference now is not as freaky. But I was like, oh, what the fuck? So yeah, you see like these three women. Yeah, um, I don't know how you would describe the landscape. And I, I put them as planted in the rows, but they're not planted. Like no, they're they're, 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 they're kind of hunched over. You know. Yeah, they're sort uh, of squatted down. They have their arms crossed and they got their mouths. Each open. one of them's in a different row, but yeah. they're in the rows, and there's very like obviously tilled rows yeah it, it kind of looked like yeah like you said a tilled uh field like maybe for gardening not gardening but you know like planting crops stuff like that or it made me feel like a battlefield of some sort before mm-hmm. the battle and their their faces Weird, are man. turned towards the sky yep with their mouths very agape and they're all in black agape, too. all in black with but they're, little black head pieces but they're al- i think they're albino it looks like they're albino if I'm not mistaken. They're pale anyway. They're white. Yeah. They're white. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I wrote down too, this is another little ode that he paid. Um, this scene, this entire scene was inspired uh, by a Norwegian painter. Uh, this guy's name is Odd Nerdrum. And the painting is called Don. So if you see the painting, I mean, it's, you you can see exactly where you're yeah, like, from. Obvious. But yeah, but still, the, the scene, it goes to, like I said, Vince Vaughn kind of laying in this puddle a small little puddle beside them. And then the, the first one, the first lady starts to say, um, she's like, have you seen my boy? Uh, my little boy? His his father took him. You know, and they kind of do this in tandem. Uh, like well, the one they, starts. They do it, yeah, they do it. And they really quickly, like, I, I put that they whisper talk at him. Cause they do. It's, it's, and he's not, even not, it's not fully a whisper. They're not like, no, no, but it, it's, it's really loud, but it's that whisper thing. It's it, that. Exactly. They're doing it mysteriously. But what what like I, said, I had to play it a couple of times because it's, su- it's they it's say it's very so quick. fast yeah and they're and they're in one starts right before she finishes the other one starts it's kind of like that it was very quick movements so exactly they'll just turn look at them, I did get what it, they were saying just, though the the first one is you know that she's asking almost like it like maybe that's his mother she's asking where he where's Carl his father took him the second one's more vulgar she's like I I spit him out he came out my hole. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like him, stuff like that. The other one starts saying like, he's an abomination. He has no soul. 
So I feel like those three women were representations of his mother mm -hmm. uh, and how he felt about his mother, maybe how his mother felt about him, you know, because they do mention that he was an abomination, he shouldn't be there, he came out of an, an evil hole, all the stuff he's been hearing before. Uh, but then Vince Vaughn looks around and he starts to see the, the flashy... He does. He sees... It, I almost felt like it was a spotlight on him. Yeah. Kind of trailing and then it hit his face, trail And so a he bit. starts... He walks off, starts to follow it. Yeah, he, he does. Um, he stands up, like I said, he, he starts going towards that light. And then he's, um, he's like he's in a, another room. Another, yeah, he's suddenly in totally another... Totally different setting. To totally different setting. And you see crazy evil J-Lo. You do. Um, or a slave J-Lo? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like. she's, uh, she's sitting like on this bed, and before you can even see what she's wearing and what's her face, you see the back of her. She's got like this red tips on her Yeah, hair. red tipped hair, yeah. which looked badass, but by you, the way. Yo, but dude, that whole, that that, whole scene going in there is awesome. Dude, her face mask thing. When they do pan the, when they pan the camera around, she's wearing this crazy-ass face mask she thing is. that looks just super cool. Yeah, and I put like it... it Part of it spirals up to her her forehead, like where the and it sets into her, where her hair. hair. Yeah, where her hair line starts. The other part has like these these series of chains or these hanging loop chains. down from it. Yeah, and it's, it's just gnarly this mask. I'm pretty sure it's also a trailer moment. Yeah, I think you're right because that's that's very significant. Um, but yeah, uh, she you can see that collar that Carl put on her neck, and it's tied down to like the the platform that's holding the bed that she's mm -hmm. on. Uh, but yeah, he walks towards her. You see all this. Her, she's like in a black dress. She's just, she's not doing anything. She's not saying anything. No, she's just she's sort just of laying there. there, just laid out, and not like laid out like resting, but she's yeah. laid out like just kind of like posed. Yeah, exactly. She's not, in a, not uncomfortably, but no. she's posed. Definitely in a, in a certain posture. And uh, <laughs> I wrote down like some of this. The way that Vince Vaughn <laughs> is acting, I don't know if he was trying to like hit on on J Lo like inadvertently. Maybe he was like trying to hook up. But he like kind of puts his hand on her on her leg, and she kind of like pulls her leg back. Well, a little I know well, they they are talking back and forth. They are a little bit, but he it gets really it quiet. On. Like it, it sounds like everything's muted because now they're they're in Carl's world, and yeah. it's not about them. Yeah, he starts to ask her, you know, are you okay? And everything seems just everything a little right? bit off. But she sort of starts coming on to him. She does, and he's she's like, a, "No, I'm here to help." Him. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, another cool thing too is as that was going on, you see like this vulture. Mm -hmm. It's like propped up on this, this, I don't know, some kind of stand. Straight out of the fucking Losing My Religion music video. Yeah, exactly, basically. man. Yeah, precisely. And, you know, like I said, he pays a lot of ode to himself. Yeah, himself. He That's why he, maybe he went by Tarsum instead of Tarsum Jesus, right? Yeah, he's got it. But, uh, yeah, you see that. Uh, I even put down, like, there's these lights that are extending from the post of the bed, too, going all the way up to the ceiling. Oh, those lights were really cool. So and it cool, was like man. just... The entire, like, above the bed that they're on yeah. is just, like, a bunch of lighted-up crystals, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Because at Almost a certain point, they move. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's like a chandelier that's just, like, one big chandelier where and everything's it's really, packed It's soft together. lighting, too. Not really bright, but it's no, soft lighting. it's really soft. Because, but at a certain point, it moves, and it you does. see it move, it and you hear it all ripple. rattle. Yeah. And you hear it. Almost like a chime. Yeah. But the vulture cause. Yep. And he starts to look, and she... She, she's like, you're going to get some sugar, honey. She looks over the shoulder. Yep. Yeah, as she's kissing him, and she's distracting him, we see... And there's King the Carl. The King Carl is what I put down. I put down King Carl, dude. too. Because it's at this point, it's not that it's demon so Carl. so awesome. No, no, no. It's, it's totally. akin to that demon Carl. He's got... It's an offshoot. Yeah. But it's King Carl. But he's, he's adorned in this awesome this costume, like a king costume, 
Um, kind of gownish still, yeah. which yeah, yeah. maybe has, fits back has, into playing with dolls definitely and stuff. Has the gown, the cape part. Yeah, but it's not nice. Crown. I wouldn't call it like a dress no, or it's not, a, not masculine. It was no, very it, regal. It was very regal, um, almost a little effeminate, but not in a bad way. Like yeah. really cool. I would have worn it. Shit, would have been yeah. awesome. But yeah, he's just. I, I just didn't like that, that much too. gold that much. Honestly, he I'm was not rough. the biggest fan of gold. But. Nah, you, you can see I'm not wearing any at all. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, you're right. He was very regal, very uh, just awesome looking. You know, the king very much reminded me of like some of the old paintings of like weird like European yeah. aristocracy and stuff. Exactly. Just yeah. some of those weird old school regal fashions with kind of like poofy hats and shit. <laughs> and, like, Oh yeah, he was he was adorned, or you know, adorned and all that stuff. But, but uh, he, he bags up the on head. Him. Yeah, he puts him like this red um, little, look like a velvet sack actually, like yeah. a red velvet sack that he's like choking him out and passing him out. With, exactly. Basically. He's he's yeah. Once again, that he's getting incapacitated. I use, you know, I use a plastic bag. Whatever, whatever. you know, you know, um, whatever whatever works. <laughs> but yeah, he does. He puts it over his head. Um, you know. At this point, I think he puts him like on this 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 table. Oh yeah, he sort of comes to a little bit. Oh, he's yeah, on the table. That. And he, um, the King Carl, he's kind of humming a little bit to himself. He's having a good time. Yeah, he he's, he washes his hands on like this little circular plate of water. And you see his other instruments. He's got his instruments of, of maybe torture. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously see, like, some torture. Scissors, this like dagger-looking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he got some gnarly tools, and he's just kind of humming. He's kind of happy. You know, but like I said, uh, you got Vince Vaughn on that table. He's trying to get uh, J-Lo's attention. You know, like, hey, you need to snap out of it. But he's still muted. If I remember right, like, I don't know even if his lips were lining up at this point. I think this might all be dubbed, too. I I don't remember for sure. I think a lot of it is is just like almost like a a telepathic communication throughout certain scenes that they'll talk to each other. But some are just, like you said, they're just Mm -hmm. voices emanating. King Carl starts by getting his scissors. He does. He grabs his scissors. He's still humming a mm-hmm. little melody, and he grabs Vince Vaughn by his britches, kind of jerking him around, and then he, uh, he kind of pierces his his stomach, like the bottom of his his waistline. Yeah, and he uh, yeah he gets in there. He, he makes his little snip. Yeah, and then he he gets his fingers in. He's yeah, pulling he, out. Uh, he he's, rips in like Montag. he's pulling a manta. <laughs> yeah, it gets uh, like a little string of intestines out. And he and puts he it on like this little out. rotisserie. That's what I wrote too. It was like a rotisserie with yeah. some spikes on it. You know, the cool thing I thought too about that rotisserie part is on the ends of it that was holding them were uh, like these seahorses, these adorable oh, yeah, seahorses. These giant golden seahorses. Yeah, I wrote the badass, same thing. Man. So he even called, he's like, getting to this worm. part. He calls him a naughty worm. He does call him a naughty worm. <laughs> getting to this part, it reminded me. Uh, like I, I mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts, like I yeah. was the kid that was like sitting in the occult section of the library, nice. like looking up all the weird facts, weird information, crazy shit. Usually ended up including like all of those books when it's like weird, yeah. unusual facts of the world books tend to have sections on like weird shit that we did to each other back during the Middle Ages yeah, and torture yeah. and shit. I even so got to experience I recognize that. that. Yeah, you know. Um, not to go too far off, I even got to do that on my birthday at uh, Medieval Times. Kind of, you go into these torture chambers. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool getting that history behind it. And so, just from having ran in and seeing some of this shit before, like, oh yeah, even the first time I saw this movie, like when he was laying down and I saw that little rotisserie <laughs> oh, with the barbs, gnarly. I knew it was coming, and I was oh, like, yeah. Yeah. oh shit, this like, is not pretty. What's about to happen? 
And yeah, so he sticks that little bit of intestine yeah, on the barbs you know, and wraps it around and he starts <laughs> Vince to, is like, Fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah, you know, he's yeah, he pissed, man. Pissed. And he's he's pleading with J Lo at this point, you need to get out of it. But then he drops some truth on her. Right, because before he went in, they were yeah. like, hit her with something personal. Yeah, exactly, because that would snap her out of it. So that was that was a cool piece of information that he got going in that if, she, if he felt like she was too deep, throw something personal yep, at her. you write her file, yep. throw something personal at her. Yeah, and so he starts to mention to her uh, that while she was in college, her baby brother, or yeah, her baby brother got into a car accident, was in a coma for six months before he died. And then you can see her, like, her eyes start to well up. You even see, like, the, the single tear start to fall down her face. And um, and she move gets up and starts to move. Yeah, she even picks weird, up like that weird dagger like kind of so object. I I kind of thought of it as a double ended dildo dagger. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We've already seen dildos before in this film. It's like a miniature double ended dildo, except each of the ends is pointy. Yeah, they're they're spiked. They're spiked, and they're but it gnarly, otherwise though. is kind of a double ended dildo. Yeah, it serves its purpose. <laughs> but she does. She she slowly creeps up behind King Carl as he's spinning. Uh, Vince Vaughn's intestines. She, she stabs him right, right through the back of his shoulder. And you and see he the just, point come out the front some. He's not yep. having a good time. No, no. He he stops everything he's doing. He stops the hum. He's he's not in a good mood anymore. You're right. And he turns around. And um, like I said, even Vin before Vin, that, he even, he even mocks uh, Vince Vaughn. I thought it was kind of funny. He's like, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that shit was so funny. D'Onofrio is so good throughout all of this. Like, we, we keep just saying like what he's doing, but yeah. this entire time he's like emoting. Yeah. And he's kind of at times he is almost prancing around yeah. and like he's doing things with his hands, I and love his it. fingers. He's very he's very he's, animated in his characters, very yeah. animated. But yeah, when she stabs him, uh, like I said, everything becomes silent. And then he lets out like this this rapturous roar, like and right. it kind of goes Voice like that. All over it again. Yeah, and then you can see like uh, Vince Vaughn. He's shaking his face and it's kind of like. I don't know, it's distorting out, distorting, yeah, blurring exactly. together. Like. Yeah, and he's still screaming. He apparently, I think he thinks it's real too, because right after that happens, um, Catherine uh, J Lo is kind of hovering over uh, Vince Vaughn, and I guess in just some street clothes. You're good. Yeah, like you know, you're no longer in it. You're no longer being tortured. Don't worry about it. Snap out. Yeah, of like he he finally comes out of it. and He's like, "What the fuck happened?" And she's, you know, they're in the room now, surrounded by water. Uh, and it's just now a brand new room. Yeah, we like these platforms too. Like she, they're on a little platform. I thought this room looked pretty cool. Yeah, I thought but it was cool. I thought it suffered a little bit from parts of it needed to be CG to work. Yeah, and that worked against it a little bit. And I, but, you know, I even think maybe like there's some other films I felt like what we're about to see with those phantoms coming up. I've seen that before, mm-hmm. maybe in some other films with a CG. Still served its purpose, like in uh, Thirteen Ghosts, maybe a little bit. Oh right, oh I like that movie. A lot. Yeah, I like that movie too. Um, but yeah, you do. He, you can see Vince Vaughn kind of examining himself because uh, the like the, his intestines, his stomach is back, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, while he's doing that, you see the young Carl again. He's like on another platform in front of them, uh, and then you see he's still kind of being shy and hiding. Yeah, he bit. he is because he's got a new character in his mind now too. Uh, he's being shy, but they, like I so said, you see this huge holding cell, this tank, and then you see like this 3D cube spinning beside it too with these ghost-like phantom images in it. Yeah, it seemed to me when I was looking at it like the the big one is the cell. Yeah, absolutely. And the is. little cube is the death videos. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's, that's a because good point. The, because yeah. the images even looked a little bit different because the gal in the it's cell as well, yeah. kind of had 
a ghostly yeah maybe that's what a tv monitor was a ghostly kind of translucency to her as well but it wasn't the same kind of ghosty the other one looked like it was a little bit more like staticked over like his shitty screen and stuff exactly and that kind of makes me think maybe maybe the cube in that scene was the tv monitors yeah so that we're playing the victims you know while they were getting filmed but yeah still that's pretty cool well, uh, yeah. So, like I said, the, he's uh, the little Carl is beside those the cell, and then like I said, the little cube in the in the scene. And um, at this point, I think Vince Vaughn is starting to walk towards them, kind of inspecting them. And um, J Lo's trying to comfort uh, the young Carl. You know, at this point, I think she's trying to make him feel comfortable that they're in mm-hmm. there. Like they're explaining that he's a friend. Uh, being Vince Vaughn, like and Vince Vaughn's like, about. I'm on the fucking job. Yeah, he's playing super detective. Like he's starting to possibly starting to piece this stuff together, figuring this shit out. And he looks down onto the base of the, I guess, the holding cell. Yeah, thing. she exactly. She even uh, Jayla even asked, you know, is this where where he keeps them? Like she maybe she's p- figuring this out too. Um, but yeah, uh, Vince oh, Vaughn starts to see that when she, she then also hugs him. She does. She embraces him. And when she does that, you see <laughs> little Carl's bleeding. Yeah, he is. Same spot he's where... Carl. Yeah, the whole the whole time through, whatever happens to whichever uh, personification of Carl in that dream state happens to all the Carls that we see. And she kind of notices that, too. Yeah, because you and do... And she kind of seems like she puts it aside for the second. Because she does. she's like... She doesn't want to, to scare him with the fact that he's got blood on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time... While Vince Vaughn is playing detective, he notices those those etchings, that insignia that was on that hoisting machine, and he's like, "We got to get out. I know where she's at." Yeah, this and we um, can trace this now. This yeah. is happening. And while that's happening too, JLo, while she's embracing the young Carl, she's the, she's not ready to come out because she feels like she's getting so close to connecting with him that this is not the right time. But like Vince like, Vaughn no. is adamant. She's like, what are you doing? You know, um, but then when he when he breaks free of her, the young Carl, you also see the King Carl doing a stand in the corner of and that he, water. And he, well, I the it was way I cool thought of it, he was he, did you ever play any Soul Calibur? I did, Voldo? yes. Yes, yes, he did look like Voldo. He he Voldoed from the corner, went from this handstand very nimbly to like his yeah. feet. He so. does like a little, I, I don't know, um, I won't say a somersault, but... Out of like that, a that, forward, very like slow a spring, forward, like a small yeah. spring, yeah. And, and he does like that little prance too, like walk, like sneaking up behind. Well, him. yeah, and then he, <laughs> yeah, and then he prances. Now, I didn't write that this was King Carl. I thought that this was another version of Demon Carl myself. You know, but I wonder if that, yeah. I but can, uh, I mean, King Carl say. also works with how he was dressed. So yeah, and but it wasn't like he, he wasn't still adorned in the crown or the cape. Rope. No, he was just like maybe. Like you said, in the Voldo kind of style. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to describe it. But he prances out from the corner, and he grabs little Carl. He does. He snatches him up. out of there. And yeah, exactly. He, he he snatches up little Carl, goes back into that little corner he was in, and then uh, Vince Vaughn pushes that microchip on, on uh, J-Lo's hand, and then they're back out, uh, back into the lab. Okay, so yeah, we're, we're back into the control room right after... Uh, Vince Vaughn initiates the microchip, right? And he's just up and going. Yeah, he's up. He's up and going. Actually, it's it shows them kind of suspended. And once they raise those tables, well, yeah, once, yeah, he's he's like ready but comparatively because yeah. like J Lo's still kind of out of yeah, it. Yeah, she's out of it. Carl, like, of course, is he's comatose. I think even Valentine's still in the corner or whatever. But yeah, 
Vince Vaughn is the first one and that really got out of it. And it's understandable that JLo's out of it because she was just a slave for a little bit. Yeah, she's but been we in there saw a long before time. though that like she she's always kind of hazy coming out of it. Yeah, but Vince she takes Vaughn, a toll. he's just like, yeah, he's like, get this. me the fuck out. Like, this I suit. don't care. Yeah, I'm done. Let's do this. Yeah, he's ready to get out. And and then he, I think he even looks over and asks if you know if Catherine's okay. Um, but yeah, he asks him to get out of the, out of the the suit. And when he does that, it triggers to the next scene. Which goes back uh, to the Julia girl, the, the Hickson girl, mm-hmm. that's in that tank. Uh, the shower heads are on full blast. Uh, this time too, it kind of cues down to the um, to like the drainage uh, thing that's in there, uh, and then it just kind of boom, the water bursts yeah. up out of it. So now she's really in panic mode. She's you know she's still banging on the glass like, get me out, but. You know, no luck. It's looking, yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah, so as she's doing that, it jumps once again back to the uh, the detectives that were initially outside of uh, Carl's home where they captured him. Uh, This time, uh, it goes back to um, Tim Roth, who we call actually Ramsey. The character's name's Ramsey. And Detective Cole, who's played by Dean Norris once again. Um, I think he gets a phone call, or there's a call that's being made uh, to Cole. Uh, Ramsey asks uh, Novak, which is uh, Vince Vaughn, if he's all right, what happened inside. Um, He starts to explain to him, uh, you know, he knows how to find Julia. So when he makes that phone call, he's like, uh, Cole, I want you to go back inside the house. Um, I want you to look for something. When you're inside and you're in the basement, call me back, you know. And then Ramsey's kind of like, he's, he's like, maybe you should get checked by Dr. Kent. He's like, just uh, fucking do this. Yeah. Well, well, he's, well, Ramsey's kind of like, he's, he's, he's not sure if, if Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. is actually imagining this stuff. He feels like he needs to get checked out first. Like, hey, you right, need Because as they, as has been yeah. pointed out earlier in the movie, there's no proof. Yeah, exactly. At this point, there's no tangible proof that any of this is real. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, so while they're doing that, um, Cole goes back down in the basement. Um, you know, he starts to look around uh, for that plaque because you know Vince Vaughn's like, you need to look for that insignia, maybe look for a plaque of some sort. He finds like, it, and cool, he, there it is. Yeah, he finds it, it calls him back. He dusts it off. You know, he asks him, "What do you see?" He's like, um, "I see uh, an insignia or the logo that says Carver Industrial Equipment out of Bakersfield, California." Uh, so Vince Vaughn wants Cole to figure out everything, uh, you know, that, that's going on with the goddamn machine. He wants to know who used it, who sold it, who bought it. You know, he wants to know everything about that hoist machine. Vince Vaughn notes that he'll call back Cole in about 20 minutes from the helicopter. So at yeah, this point... He's getting ready to go. Yeah, he's ready to go because he's he got enough... somewhere there. Yeah. Cole gave him information about that plaque and insignia that they saw or that he saw inside Carl's mind on that holding cell, that tank that Phantom was in. So that that was enough proof for him that all right we need to get on top of this. Plus he is inside his mind. I'm, he I'm sure he's gleaning some other insights too just from seeing that. Like he, no doubt he know I, yeah being I, there and seeing that probably. Well you got to remember too he's super cop. Yeah <laughs> we got that from he's, the first. Yeah, he's he's got the inside first time in we saw him. Yeah but uh, yeah so they're they're back uh, like I said trying to figure out what's going on with that machine as. High importance, maybe the location of where they're holding Julia at, the Hickson girl. And we get cuts back into the lab. It does. Okay, it's pretty obvious what J-Lo's doing. She's up and moving now. Yeah, she's moving around. I think even Kent's kind of, you know, making sure she's all right. I think maybe they're even still in the control room, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so what we see... And they explain what she does in a couple minutes Yeah, it loud. does. It does. Uh, but considering her character the entire time, I immediately started writing down that... 
She's locking them out yep. to get ready to reverse the feeds. Yeah, she wants to reverse the feeds. And even uh, West, uh, he, like I said, he's in that little control room inside of that. What I, I, I consider like an experiment or maybe the, the leap room. Mm-hmm. But it is sectioned out because there's like a little sliding door that separates. Uh, but anywho, he even, he even looks up at like the CCTV monitors and sees – um, Vince Vaughn and who we affectionately refer to as Tim Roth's character or you know guy who mm-hmm. we think Tim Roth they're running off to the helicopter so he notes he's like hey the FBI is already out of here you know Kent's like I didn't even get a chance to examine uh, Vince Vaughn's character and he's gone yeah he's fucking gone he's out of there so you know there's already some sketchy shit going on but you're right J-Lo gets up out of her table, or that, that platform she's on, and, like she's, and she's, like, rifling through these notes like, about, she's like... She's still hazy, but yeah, she's... She's definitely wanting to switch what I call the polarity, or she's wanting to re- reverse... Right, she's trying to reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. I, I got you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, you know, the cool thing, too, this is, uh, this ties back into, like, that earlier scene where, she, you know, she's smoking the doobie, and then I saw all that stuff that was on that, that board she kept... But as she's looking through those notes, she kind of goes up through the pages and she sees that little card again with like this motherly saint figure, mm-hmm. almost like a like a like the Venus, the Milo, but but as a saint, you know. Uh, but she notices that, and I, I know why because it plays an important part coming up here very, soon, very shortly. Soon, exactly, because she also looks up from that saint and sees a snow globe. Yeah, she does. She looks over, she sees that snow globe. So she's starting to maybe piece together a scenario about. You know what she's gonna maybe convey back to Carl when he leaps inside of her mind. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, but like I said, when we see that part where it goes to the snow globe, and then like she sees the card, it cues back to uh, Vince Vaughn. He's in the helicopter. Uh, That's what I thought. Yeah, it goes back. I, like, so there's like a I lot said, of scenes that are so I jumpy. Man, I skipped over a lot of their stuff because. Uh, well, you can well, see I, my notes. You see how much. Freaking detail this shit is. Yeah. Well, I uh, love it, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but there's I a lot of details. The police stuff, for the most part, is, it is all pretty standard. It is very very procedural, no doubt. Uh, so he's on the chase. Yeah, they, he is. Uh, you keep getting updates back and forth, but it's really just narrowing down. He He's figuring out exactly where they're going. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it, t- t- straight to the point, that's all it is. Just, you know, catching up to speed. That's what they're doing. And so he's heading off there, and it gets interesting because then we cut back to J-Lo in the mind. Yeah, she's back into the room. They know that she's about to jump back in. And I I even think that there's, like, Ramsey and a few other guys that we've seen before in that little control booth room. And so, yeah, she's getting prepped. She's <laughs> she's doing it, you know. And even, she sets it up. Yeah, they, like I said, West even says, hey, we know she's she's reversing it in order to get into Carl's head. Or, excuse me, for Carl to get inside of uh, J-Lo's head. Um, so she's changed all the codes. They can't even break into the room she's in. Uh, like I said, once again, it cuts back to the girl that's in the holding cell, the Julia Hickson girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, the cell's pretty much covered. I mean, it's covered maybe about halfway up, I think, if I'm not mistaken, with mm-hmm. water. She's still kind of thrashing around. She's in desperation mode. Jumps back uh, to the scene where the helicopter is kind of flying over the field uh, with some kind of like these pumps, these water pumps, or some, mm-hmm. you know, what, some kind of pumps of some sort. So we're getting to see now, um, like I said, they're on the on the trail for for where Carl's holding, uh, where, you know, like I said, where all this stuff's coming from from that insignia, the plaque. Maybe yeah. where that's where Julia's at. Uh, but once again, we jump back into J Lo. She's uh, she's now having Carl inside of her mind, right? She's wearing like this motherly saint attire. Yeah, she looks basic. Not exactly, I noted, but basically like that saint picture she just looked yeah, at. Yeah, exactly. The one that she was rifling through when she was looking for 
I guess the re- the reversal stuff. Yeah, and she's now in this like snow scene. Yeah, like and it's not globe. it's not exactly like no, the snow globe. There's cherry blossoms. That's snow the falling. big difference. Like I, I think the snow globe was like just like snow covered branches. Yeah, it but didn't now, have a lot of detail. Now it's like cherry blossoms yeah. and it's all like super pretty really pretty she serene. almost seems like she said end up being part of the background almost the, yeah. the way that her dress is and her positioning everything is all. just is white like i said a, a serene looking uh snow landscape with cherry blossom trees uh and she starts talking to yeah the, little carl little carl he's uh towards like these the cherry blossom trees a little bit away from her uh she's like on these like s- small set of steps with a little uh, little pool, little little water pool in front of her, and yeah, she's you know she I guess she's getting him to come towards her. Uh, he sees like I think there's like these albino peacocks on opposite sides of her. Oh uh, yeah. So there's even like these albino creatures that maybe he's familiar with. Which was even that that was even part of the 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 card that she got the inspiration from. Yeah. Uh, it's not even that she was like, oh, let's make him albino. It's like, no, that was straight on the card. Which oh, just no adds to it, though. Like, it doesn't take away from her imagination. It, yeah. It just adds to the, the way that it, they recreated it. Like, like she's, she's making everything super comfortable for that kid mm-hmm. to enter her mind with. So, uh, yeah, as he's uh, kind of approaching her around that, um, like I said, the little pool, he's, he's kind of stooping below her in a, a little set of steps, right below her. Mm-hmm. She comes over... Uh, she starts to talk to him. She has her arms kind of open too, like very welcoming. Um, and even as they're talking, like it's almost like everything's too perfect, and it's like yeah. this this he golden still... frame is growing from the edges yeah. of the screen as they he, talk to each like other. Like you said, you're right. He's he's still unsure because it, this is unfamiliar with him. But yeah, as they're having that dialogue, you see like these golden vines and these little flowers kind of sprouting on the edges, like a. I was like these digital frames now. Yeah, like a digital. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost like, like you grabbed one, like an old school frame on your flip phone. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I didn't even think you can find this stuff at department stores these days. Yeah, yeah, as funny as it is. But yeah, we see this as they're having that dialogue, and then she's like, you know, I promised that I would come back for you. I keep my promises, you know. So she's super comforting him. So as she's and doing that, like I said, we we see all that stuff. Uh, he even asked her. He's like, I want to stay here with you. Yeah, can I can I stay here? Yeah, she's like, no, no, that's not the way it works. It, does, it doesn't work that way, you know. And you can tell, like he, it it is kind of a little bit of a, a blow to him, but he, I think he understands. Like you know, this is unfortunately he can't stay here, you know. And then he does then end up offering up the story of finding, yeah, you know, finding an injured bird. He does. It, it, what I thought was cool too is it goes from that, that young Carl to like his adult self, but very calm. Like, and it seemed like not just the adult self, no. but that the first kill self. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Like maybe he's right still before he broke. Early. It's it's not this. Still later... has this innocence to him a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, but you're right. He uh, he starts to explain a story about um, like saving a bird. He found a bird when he was little. Um, he didn't know if it had like a broken leg or something was wrong with him. Uh, he mentions, I think that his father knew that he had the bird. Well, if his father knew, yeah, he knew, he knew something, something terrible was going to happen. So he drowned the bird to save it, to save it from his father. So what he's trying to convey at this point is that he wants her to kind of end his suffering in that manner, maybe with, with the water in the sink and stuff so like that, that the bad him doesn't. Exactly. Like I said, that was maybe the point where 
that was the resolving point. Like, you know, this is the way to help save me. He he felt like he saved the bird, and he wants her to do that to him. Like, he wants her to save him, and even the little Carl, too. And she starts to refuse. Yeah, she's not down with that at all. But then the scene darkens. Yeah, Something it does. Starts it starts happening. getting really ominous. The, it, the lights, dim. the whole setting starts to dim, like almost a, a shadowy kind of dimming. And he's just like, he found me. Yeah, he switches back he to his, his young self. Me. Exactly. You even see like a tarantula crawling up his back. Yeah, he starts seeing like bugs, like this millipede coming. and this beetle on his hand. There's shit. suddenly snakes in the water and exactly. shit. Exactly. Everything's going dark at this point. And you're right, he even mentions that he always finds me. You know, the monster at this point, too, is what I would say. You And that little pool that is right next to him. Oh, I loved this effect. Super gnarly, I man. loved how cool this looked because <sighs> it's like blood billows into the yeah. water from one of the Super sides. awesome. But then the blood sort of comes to the surface yeah, and almost forms like almost a, like scales. Yeah, like these scaly shingles, what have That were kind of reminiscent of the suits, too, that they yeah, were. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, they, they certainly were. Very, but this ribbed... Uh, not natural looking scales, no. but I, I still can't I can't think of anything else to describe them as. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. But I mean, just to get the effect, like they said, they were scaly, maybe even a part of that that persona he was in at that point. And then he starts to rise, and then like a the figure, head. like a head, comes up out. Yeah, and the scales like are all just this cape. Yeah, it's awesome, man. That that was a badass cloak that he was wearing, no doubt about it. But you're right, he comes up out of the water, and uh, like I said, he's. I guess he's starting to to swirl actually, like the the peacocks they screech. He kind of he kind of balls his arms up and he just kind of spins off. And as right, he does I, that, I it, said that he does a Tasmanian devil. He does, out of that. Yeah, he does. That's, that's essentially what he does. Um, so once he does that, uh, the scene cues back over to the helicopter flying over this barren field. Uh, this is when Cole uh, D Norris calls Novak. I guess from that little head switch they got because mm-hmm. the copter guy's like, "All right, go ahead." And, uh, you know, he, he starts to explain to him, like, they found, uh, like, who sold or who, who, like, who had bought that machinery initially. They went bankrupt somehow. Um, the state, like, foreclosed or whatever on that property. And they sent somebody out there. And then Vince Vaughn's like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. And he's like, of yeah, of course, Carl Rudolph, Rudolph Starger. So the whole, the state actually sent him out and to, like, I guess to barricade the place up. But he's been using that as his killing grounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the helicopter pilot, he's like, I know where that's at. They start to veer off. You know, uh, he even tell or Cole tells him, you know, we're on our way. They know where this place is at. Yeah, he even heading. gives them instructions where it says like some kind of some kind of exit off of Highway ninety nine or something. Yeah, shit or like that. we're heading to bumfuck Bakersfield. <laughs> yeah, they know where this place is at. So uh, once they figure this stuff out, it cuts back again to uh, uh, J Lo. And, and uh, Vince Vaughn, or, I'm not, excuse me, D'Onofrio, as as a monster character, right, the, and she has this like this different suit on at this point. Right too. now, she's like this badass leather yeah. huntress. Exactly, she's got this huntress outfit, like a black, almost um, the same color scheme that uh, the monster Carl is wearing at this point. Right. That reptilian. And the monster creature. is darting around the woods. He is, and he's. It seems to be kind of teleporty, kind of yeah. really quick, um, really quick pacey. But she winds up pulling like this golden crossbow up, and, and this badass boom. golden crossbow. It's super bad. Fucking revolving semi-auto <laughs> golden crossbow. She's badass too in this. Uh, but she ends up getting him in the foot, pins him to the ground, pins him down. Uh, she even telepathically, I think in her mind, she's like, "This is my world, my rules." 
Um, you know, <laughs> like I said, I think I think all this stuff is pretty cool. She, uh, I think she even like rips that plate. Yeah, he's got well, this she comes plate up across his she, nips. Yeah, he's he's got a weird ass nipple piercing, yeah. going, hanging thing. I don't know what you would call it exactly, but it's some kind of he's adorning this, like I said, this little structure across his his chest. And I don't mean weird because it's a nipple piercing. Nah, but uh, it's, but it's like this big, huge, gigantic it's, piece it's of gnarly. jewelry set into him. Yeah, and she, that's this <laughs> like wavy bar across both of them. And she, she rips that good. shit out. She does. She rips it out. This is, and then she starts just beating the fuck. The out effects of on that too. The way she rips it out, they show it. Yeah, her ripping it out. It's gnarly. But yeah, she gives him a nice punch to the face. Um, and then, like I said, it's another another quick scene where it goes back to the property uh, where that Julia girl is being held. The helicopter lands. Uh, you still see the girl inside of the tank, like she's in survival mode because I think it's almost filled to capacity yeah. at that point. The tank. And then once again, it shows uh, J Lo punching our boy and in the face. She's pulling out a sword, dude. That sword's boss, dude. She's she's looking. She doesn't know whether to do it or not. Yep. And he flashes back to being like uh, the young, not the not the little Carl. Although she does look over her shoulder and see the little Carl. Yeah, it's like so. Whatever's happening to like to whatever personification of of Carl's character is his schizophrenia uh it's happening to each one of those carls and she sees him lying there just like bleeding from the chest yep. and fucking like face beat the shit out of and like yeah and he even you know like says she she does that she winds up just fucking stabbing him right well because the the young killer carl yeah ends up shouting do it and yeah, and she, she does it. She does it, and he even like he and even tells her and twists. It's not real. He even tells mm-hmm. her that you know. But yeah, she drives that shit back right into his his sternum, his chest cavity. Uh, like she she twists it, and then he kind of looks up at her, and I think he says something like uh, like I don't know if he says uh, "be boy" like "me God." Be he he mentions like the kid Carl is a different kind of God. And the monster Carl's like a different god to each other. So mm-hmm. each one of them has a different type of style of looking at each other within the personification. It's it's kind of a weird saying. I, I put down. I probably even wrote it down. Where I was like, "Be gone, boy. Gone. Be uh, like boy. Be gone." But I think he says something a little different. Mm-hmm. But anywho, uh, kind of gives you an idea of what he thinks of that little kid. Right. And she then she goes over and runs over to comfort. Yep. The little Carl. Yeah, and he even mouse. He's like, "You cannot kill me." And that's when. Like I said, she drives it even further. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of like a lot there's of so much going on, a lot of panning back and forth. So you know, we apologize a little bit if we get a little of the details mixed up, right? But uh, like I said, I, I even like I try, I'll try to keep up. Um, but yeah, you see, like I said, you see, go it goes back to Vince Vaughn, oh, goes frantically to, yeah. searching for her. Uh, I think he starts to see those water bombs, That's right. all that stuff. I almost forgot all about that. Yeah, it's so, so much more interesting in the dream. Yeah, it is uh, because a lot of this is just cop work, like you were saying yeah. earlier. So there's a lot of this cop work. It's pretty format, but to give you an idea... The coolest part of the cop work is actually coming up, though. It is. Because it kind of breaks from the normal helpless victim. Exactly. That's a good point, too. Uh, Um, But making a long story short, he does find out like that there's a pump, like this water pump that kind of like a... I don't know what you call like a, a... like if you saw like a diesel truck, their exhaust pipes, it starts to flap open. Oh, yeah. He notices that, and it leads him over to that pump... And, and it's like, well, where is this pump wired exactly. to? He starts tracing out. I think a pipe that leads from it that goes underground, and it leads right to like this, uh, like this bunker 
Yeah, like this so trap pops door. Up the hatch. Yeah, he pops open the hatch, and then it like I said another cutscene back to uh, like I said once again you have um, J Lo. I think she's back in her saint attire at yep, that point when she kills the kid. Yeah, she goes back to the steps. Uh, she kneels down, picks him up. Uh, as the monster, Carl's, I'd say, he's still got the sword. And he's kind of looking over. He's, you know, sometimes I think he even looks away. Like, he doesn't want to realize this is what's going on. Right. And he, he can't do anything at this no, point. No, he's, he's, he's done. He's <laughs> yeah, done. exactly. So she, uh, she, she lifts him up, uh, kind of like a baby. If, uh, and then the whole world starts to illuminate again. Her dream world starts yeah, to come back. it brightens. Exactly. And it's back to the being all bright and shiny, happy. And she basically, like, rebaptizes him. Yeah, she's she's telling him, you know, it's okay. Um, he even asked her, you know, save like save me. Uh, like I said, then it starts to jump back and forth. Yeah, the, yeah, because we see it jumping back and forth. On. So, like I said, to well, kind of speed it up. I we start getting cuts even back to the lab. Yeah, at this we do. point because we start seeing like D'Onofrio's body convulsing. Yeah, he he starts like, to like hyperventilate a lot as these scenes are going on because I feel like he's in his death throes at that yeah. point. You know, he th- he's starting to think that it's real. I would assume. Exactly, yeah. He He's now caught in her dream. Yeah, so you have, like I said, these, a lot of exchanges back and forth between Vince Vaughn, uh, his character, finding uh, the Julie Hickson girl in, in that, uh, that trap shoot that he found, in, uh, you mm-hmm. know, in that, the property that he was on. Uh, he sees her, I think he, he, like, he starts to bang on the glass, and he's like, you know, I'm an FBI agent. Or, you know, trying to calm her down. She's, like, breathing on that That's pipe. the thing. She got that pipe loose. She did get it loose. I don't know if it was and an air pipe or some kind of... It was relevant. She's finding some sort of air there. Yeah. she's keeping alive. She is. She keeps herself alive by that pipe we did see earlier. So she's breathing through it somehow. Uh, I think even, like, pops off around. Yeah, the, he oh, he unloads his clip, and it, it's still not doing it, not quite doing it, not quite nope. doing it. He empties his clip. And it seems like it might have got weakened, though. So he busts off a big-ass pipe. Yeah, he finds a huge pipe that's kind of, I think, mean, it's conveniently propped up yeah. against the wall that he's near. But, uh, yeah, he winds up smashing uh, the holding cell, that pain, you know, as he's asking her to swim off so that she doesn't get hit or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, gets her out, apparently, like she's about to get out. Uh, and then, once again, we go see uh, J-Lo. She's still holding the young Carl mm-hmm. right in that pool. She's, you know, I guess she's reenacting that baptism scene like where it all started you know so she's kind of comforting him almost not she's he's not fully submerged but she's on the brink of doing that is what she's doing well i mean and that's what she does end up fully submerging she does so like i said she She, it goes back and forth between seeing scenes of his baptism like quick flashes of the baptism scene as she's submerging him he's you're seeing the submersion from the beginning of his baptism um then we see Vince Vaughn, of course, comforting the girl inside the cell, reassuring her. She's still out of sorts, whatnot. Mm-hmm. She fights against him at first. Yeah, stuff. she's kind of thrashing a little bit. She's freaking out. I mean, end how, up how just sort be? of sitting there. Yeah. I mean, in, I guess any victim, water. female victim at the point, mm-hmm. would have the same reaction. Um, and then it goes back. Like I said, it, she, he, she fully submerges him into that. You see his, his fist kind of clenched up and then he just kind of lets it go yeah, she's not holding him down no he's, he's not fighting he's still him, kind of floating he's she's holding him in the water yeah. she she's she's the one putting him in the water but he's not fighting it no no he's letting it happen yeah uh, that, because he realizes this is the only way it's going to save him which is fucked up because this still does call back to his father shouting that he oh, should yeah. have drowned him exactly so all that stuff is starting to it's like a huge circle you know the circle mm-hmm. of life i suppose for him uh, but yeah, you're right. A lot of a lot of the initial stuff that happened, 
that, that triggered um, that his Waylon's in fracture. That's what triggered the seizure. That's what's going to end it. You know, him getting back. So it's like I said, it's just, it's just tying all the loose ends back together. Uh, and he does. He end up. He passes. He does. And they cut into the lab too. And you see him tense up. And then yeah, he's just kind of still hyper. Yeah. And then he just boom. He's he's out. I even think Valentine at that point lets out a little like yeah, a whimper. A whimper. Yeah, like knowing that this is what happened. And uh, like so, once again we see Vince Vaughn comforting her, Julia Hicks, and everything's. You know, everything hunky-dory. I mean, they even see, like, the cops starting to show up at the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, cuts back to, to J-Lo. She's kind of, I guess she's coming out of the, the jump, and uh, she's crying at this point. Like, she's oh, yeah. kind of softly whimpering, but she's She she's doesn't let crying. any of them back in right away or anything. No. She she rolls over on she, her Yeah, side she looks over at him. Home. She looks over at Carl, and because she, she shared that experience, she knows everything about him, mm-hmm. <laughs> even, like, what happened to him. That led to him being a serial killer and everything, so she she was on that whole journey with him and she helped resolve it, and uh, yeah, she can't help but feel emotional. I mean, how can mm-hmm. you not once you're that deep in? And then it fades to after scenes, basically epilogue. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, it does. We they're they're at Carl's house. Yeah, they're at his house. All the crazy shit. Yeah, you even see like I think Vince Vaughn and uh, the guy who played uh, Ramsey, the Tim mm-hmm. Roth guy. Uh, they're upstairs, and Vince Vaughn sees a book open, of course, to the scene where he was getting uh, yeah. rotisserie, his guts, his intestines. So another maybe tangible piece of evidence that this is really what's hap- what happened. Not only that, but this is what happened to me, and this is the reference. This is where he got it This from. is where he got that. This yeah. is because it all then, makes sense inside the dreamscape. Because J-Lo shows up. Yeah. And they're like, hey. He points out, yeah, there's somebody down there who wants to see you. He comes outside. Don't you uh, think it's weird? She's adopting the dog. Yeah, you like... see, yeah, you do see the Valentine dog in, on like the passenger side of this little hoopty blue car, you know, whatever. And uh, so they have a little short dialogue. Um, you know, they're glad to see each other. He doesn't look the same. How long are you going to be a civilian? The bureau, yeah, the bureau's convinced that it was a drug fueled mind bender. Yeah, it's basically what he, they're writing it off as that it was just good old that fashioned convinced him He remembered something that he already knew. And yeah, put deep the down. pieces together. Exactly. Like it, exactly. Um, so even the which is I think it's um, still relevant to these days. Like cops are just you know law enforcement or authoritarian figures. Like they'll just nope. This is this is the way we did it, and this is nope. Everything else is just in your mind. But like you said, like he just and he says he doesn't quite remember everything. Like yeah, it's he, like flashes. You're right. You're right. Like, he, he, he's I, like, I remember some things, but it's it's all hazy. It comes in and out. Like, and I can kind of see that, but it's it's interesting because when he, even when he like comes out of maybe the initial jump and goes back in, etc. When when they change, he seems a little bit more coherent. Even when like he's boarding the chopper and yeah. piecing everything together, he's ready to go. So. It's kind of hard to believe a little bit that he's still fuzzy, but I can understand it. Maybe just a first story, you know. But I mean, and maybe that's why J Lo does so good is because she yeah. does go deep in enough that it affects her so deeply. Yeah, that's a good point because he didn't really experience the whole. No, ride. he was still kind of investigator mode the entire time. That's a good way of looking at it. But yeah, like I said, to sum, to sum it up. They're just uh, having then, a little dialogue back and forth. Yeah, they have a little back and forth. You find out, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's he's like on, I guess, his, like suspended leave or whatever. He's not really sure. They're going to have to wrap it up before he can go back to work. Uh, uh, she's going to reverse the flow uh, with Mr. E, or at least that's what it sounds like is going to happen. Yeah, so, you know, there's, there's, she's basically like, all right, this is hello and goodbye. Wish you the best of luck. 
Um, so once you we leave that scene from the, that little crime scene, we hear the I think there's like a a school bell that rings and lets those school children know. I think that's what breaks up right because he was living right across the street from a school. <laughs> yeah, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what kind of breaks up their like hello goodbye scenarios. And she even says that she's going to take the dog. Which oh that also weirded me out because that freaked me the fuck out because. I live right next door to a school, (laughs) and even though I was watching this movie at 11 at night, I didn't put it together that that's where it happened right away, (laughs) Yep. and I was wondering why the fuck they were testing their goddamn (laughs) bell at midnight. That's funny. When normal people are trying to sleep. (laughs) Go figure, man. I'm like, you dickwads, and then I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's in the movie, I'm sorry, I I just, maybe I need to sleep, I, (laughs) that's funny, but, you know, yeah, true story, (laughs) but, yeah, like I said, so, yeah, so basically, we're getting to the point where it's kind of, the film's almost wrapping itself up, like, so, um, but they leave you with one last big, beautiful sight, they do, they do, like I said, it's, it's not the end quite yet, uh, it goes to, I guess, the beginning of the movie, the scene where she's in the desert, um, this time I think she's putting up the sailboat in a, like a tree, like a little, mm-hmm. I don't know, what have you. And you see this, um, I guess it's like a drape of some, like a yeah, cloth. A big cloth. around these trees that surround that, that single tree. And as tree. it's blowing in the wind, it's the waves under the boat as yeah, you look at it. Given the effect, yeah, of the sailboat. Exactly. And then, uh, she starts to walk towards what we see, Mr. E, the, the kid Edward Baines. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if she's the one who's reflecting the light back on him, if I'm not mistaken, because it's back in her mind. Because they have reversed those polarities, so you still have a little bit of the snow effect from like the snow globe, right? And the cherry cherry blossom trees. Again. Yeah, exactly. And so, it was just a really pretty, scene. really pretty. And, it, and I, I like the, sort of the symbolism and like he he had this broken boat, and yeah. she showed him. How it can still be a boat. It doesn't exactly. work you quite don't... the same, but exactly. it can still be a boat. Yeah, she's giving him, yeah, the like the effect that hey, we don't have to be on the boat to enjoy the sail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. She's wrapping it up. Uh, yeah, so you see, kind of each other walking towards each other, and um, that's it. That's basically it. But you know, the the cool thing that I liked about this, the way they kind of wrapped it up too, is I I think the way I learned about this film was like so having to pause the film several times, take notes, take breaks, you know, stuff like that, is I started to piece together the whole story. Like, okay, the kid, he might have had that same infraction because it got triggered at a beach with those seals. Right. And he used those seals as, like, his demon self to say, hey, you know, this is this was part of the landscape that it happened on. So, you know, the seals have some kind of significance. Um, and with the water, too, water played a, a huge theme throughout so I, I thought, okay, the kid and uh, Carl, Vincent D'Onofrio's character, they both had the same infraction. It's just the kid, his, maybe not the same, you know, like outcome, but mm-hmm. they had the same infraction. It just developed differently. Right. If they were both triggered by water. That's why the kid went in the coma. It eventually caught up with Carl. That's why he went in the coma. Well, yeah, well, Carl basically was was essentially hearing another voice I was having him kill yeah. deep in his head. And even the that kid, I think the kid with the Maki lock, that was his demon. That's his demon. Yeah. His demon, though, they specifically mentioned it earlier on. Like, instead of, like, having these weird, like, 
sexual urges yep. and different killing upper, urges. Upbringing definitely makes he just can't difference. he just can't move. Yeah, no, he's exactly his body cut off, his mind is cut Everything. off from his mind basically. You're right. They do make that mention in the very beginning of the film that yeah, it, he's disconnected from his body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's so, so that's far what into she's that. She's trying to fix is like yeah. if we can get through to his mind, maybe we can bridge that gap somehow because everything physically is okay. It's yeah. just not making that. Yeah, and like I said, I think even using uh, the young Carl in the film helped. Like I said, maybe kind of like I said, close that gap between what's happening with uh, the kid Edward Baines and the young Carl. And mm-hmm. the only difference is, of course. Carl's an adult and the kid is a kid, so he didn't. He doesn't have time to develop that schizophrenia that Carl did. So they're going to nip because it in the they butt. did mention that it can. It comes on quickly, at least yeah. as compared. Oh yeah, something otherwise. has to trigger it, and it. I think even that doctor mentioned, like said, it has to do with water sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's even in utero. So we know it's it's a born uh, illness. And it's fake anyway, right? That's well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, it. all of it's make-believe anyway. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about but it. But I still thought it was it's kind of cool. Real. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's not real. Which is a... Lately, it's a motif for us. I, I, inadvertently. Yeah, we, we really didn't plan on doing so many movies where you didn't know what was going on. No, but you know, I, I find this out even in my life outside of doing a podcast that, you know, whether you're having conversations with people about subject matter... Or, you know, like your shared interests and stuff like that, your shared stories. You find these connections somehow and you're like, maybe this isn't coincidence after all. You know, well, we maybe are more connected so, than we think so. So do we know what's going on? Oh, yeah. Even well, yeah. we know what's going on once again because we once again managed to choose a movie beforehand. Yeah, we did. Actually, we chose it like 20 minutes ago. We did. We we discussed it. And uh, we even, you know, we mentioned that we, we typically won't tip our hats on the next movie that we, we want to review. But but uh, if we come up with it, we might as well. So that way you guys are prepared. You know, and another another note with the film that we're about to review, one of the uh, the actors in this movie, she's recently had a birthday over he the weekend. Just, that's true. That's true. Uh, Bill Mosley. Right. The next movie we will be doing will be Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh, 2. Yes. Part 2. I like to say we love part one. It's probably got so much fanfare that some of the other ones get overlooked. Right. It, some of the other ones get overlooked. The other one's such a classic. Oh, yeah. Everybody, no it's already been looked at by numerous Ooh, other yeah, sources. So like, it. we wouldn't necessarily be bringing too much new to the table. Not I, to say yeah. that we'll avoid it forever. No, it, it probably, yeah. Eventually, down the line, we'll get to it. But two. Two is something special. It is. And, and I, one of the stars of two, as you mentioned, Bill Mosley, Bill Mosley had yep. a birthday very recently. Yeah. Happy birthday, Bill Mosley. Happy birthday. Uh, he's very much in the horror scene. And oh, we'll, yeah. We'll, Especially we're sure more recently. Him. We're sure to see him pop up in a couple other movies that we'll cover in We've the future. We've even mentioned a few of them. Next will be Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm I love this movie. super looking forward to it's this one. It's so much fun. Uh, one thing I like about this, too, is they, uh, they have Dennis Hopper... And Dennis Hopper, the late great Dennis Hopper, I unfortunately, not like anything with King Dennis Koopa Hopper. himself. Yeah, Koopa Troopa. Uh, but we shouldn't say too much about them no. now. Uh, we'll get into it then. I'm sure we'll end up with another three-hour episode off of that as well. Yeah, we had a lot to say. This was like this was a film that had a lot of detail that we just covered. Um, you know, I felt like sometimes maybe I was missing some stuff, but it's okay because you still there was get just so an much. Idea. It is. This movie is very truly a visual feast, first and foremost. Yeah, uh, those and, are the strongest parts of the movie. I like to end into with with the visual stunning aspects of it. Has a pretty good story. The acting is not bad. I mean, it's not 
you know, like I said, still not your your A list celebrities, but it's a strong cast. They get the job done. J Lo does a great job at this film. Um, even though some of her later films kind of slagged a little bit. And like we said, maybe on the edge of more of a suspense rather yeah. than horror film. However, has dude, the elements. I mean, Carl's scary, especially once you're in there. Like those, those you're in his head and he's yeah. in control. It is, and, and that's bad why shit happens. I feel like uh, so, like maybe we should, we should. If if I had to uh, give some ideas of some of the movies that are similar to this movie, familiar with them. Uh, some of the movies that came straight to mind were like uh, Seven was one of the movies mm-hmm. I thought about. I thought of like maybe if you're familiar with Silence of the Lambs. You're kind of oh, this is that very kind of Silence of the Lambs. Um, uh, even like with some of the mind stuff, like the movie The Jacket was one oh. I thought about. Uh, and even maybe some of the scenery, not necessarily the movie plot and everything. I thought of Pan's Labyrinth a little bit too. Oh, I could see that with yeah, the dream much. sequences and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it's like just because you kind of a representation of of some of the movies that are similar. So if you're familiar with some of those, you would definitely be probably more than willing to watch this one. I would mm-hmm. ex- I would expect. Yeah, uh, but no, I'm, I'm so excited for Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun too. Uh, but in order to hear that, you will have to keep listening to us. Yeah. And in order to keep listening to us, we try to make it easy on you. Why not? So you can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on Find iTunes. Us, Fried Squirms, uh, SoundCloud, Fried Squirms. You can go to our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Yeah, we have uh, several of our, well, at this point, all of our episodes, excluding this one, uh, which will be up soon. Uh, and then, like I said, we also have our Facebook page as well, Facebook Fried Squirms. Facebook page, like us there, please. It's going to be a great way. Yeah. Because and don't be afraid to drop us a line. That's probably the easiest way for us to keep you updated on shit. Yeah, uh, I think for the most part, I mean, Facebook is probably the most widely used social media uh, tool right now. So yeah, either way, communicate with us. We have our, our feeds open. Yeah, you can you can always hit us up on there, or you can email us. Yeah, uh, open for that Squirmcast too. at gmail.com. S-Q-U-I-R-M-C-A-S-T at gmail. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, suggestions of movies, suggestions on how to not suck. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Now, and hopefully, too, because we have changed the format a little bit with... Uh, with our, you know, switching the guts and bolts and how does that make you squill. Uh, let us know what you think about that, too, because this is something new for us as well. Yeah. Um, or just let us know what you think. Yeah. If you think. I hope, hopefully. <laughs> if, if you think, let us know. That'd be cool. Just give us a response, a click, a like, what have you. But that's about it. Uh, that's No, that's really all I have this time. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for, for listening to us once again. Thanks for rambling a little bit. But uh, like I said, stay tuned. We're going to present another really killer film. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, see ya. Have a good night. <laughs>